know how I got these marks on my face? Well, I was listening to the Red Leaf Retrocast, and that handsome devil Colin made a particularly witty comment against that utter fool Kevin, and I wound up laughing for ten minutes straight. Felt so good, I didn't want the feeling to end. I just wanted to grin forever. So I kept grinning, etching it in on my face, and... Why so serious, audience? Let's put a smile on those faces. By commencing the Red Leaf Retrocast. Take it away, guys. I feel personally attacked by your intro. I liked it. I quite enjoyed that. It was unique and new, and it really fit the mood, because today's theme was picked by myself, your host, JD. The Strange and the Weird. Yes, we're playing Strange and Weird Games. Oh, yeah. That's the theme for the cast, and uh, we'll get there. Uh, We got our usual intro. Should be fun. Got some announcements to make. Absolutely. But before that, we're going to introduce the other two hosts, the one who gave us... The amazing Joker-like intro is my buddy Colin. How you doing? Hey, guys. Did you like my impression? It wasn't bad. I'm surprised you had that, like, memorized so well. <laughs> well, I actually wrote it down, but I was kind of uh... on the fence whether or not to actually do it. <laughs> <laughs> you really wanted to fit the mood. And our second host is the OG himself, Kevin. The the rotating chair, the the permanent guest <laughs> That's what we call it. How you doing? Oh, dandy. I've uh, been dabbling in a game here or there, trying to get by. You, you've been playing a uh, a weird game yourself for your little game of the month club, haven't you? Yes, Psychonauts. Uh, let me tell you, uh, that game is not only weird; it's overrated as hell. Hmm. Oh, come on! No, the, I, I, I think it's properly rated. Yeah, look, I don't know if people played the second half of that game. Because it's real, like the first fifty percent is real, real good, and then they just—it seems like it ran out of ideas, and they're like, "How much weirder can we get? Let's just keep doing that." Well, I mean, it's a what? What do they call it? A Tim Burton game, basically. Oh uh, uh, well, yeah, it's kind of a Tim Burton game, but like, I don't know, it's got that Invader Zim quality where everyone looks like they have some kind of disease all the time. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, we got many. We got we got people in the chat joining us. Uh, Hello, chat. Yeah, it's good to, good to have everybody. Um, I thought Psychonauts, Psychonauts was fine. Uh, it's, it's a fine it, it game. Was, it was great, and then it was just okay, which oh, makes yeah. it fine. I, I think as a cult classic standing type game, I think that, that suits it well. Yeah, it, it was okay, but if, am I okay never playing it again also? Yeah. Aw, that's harsh. I, don't, I just, I don't know. It's okay. You should play the VR game. That's where you... It, I don't hate you, myself. You, um... You you jump into people's heads in virtual reality, so that gets real trippy. I, I just wish it wasn't as short, like most VR games, but... Well, that's, uh, a, okay. yeah, that's the issue of VR. <clears throat> so some announcements here. Uh, in total, this is episode uh, 32 for the retro games. Ooh. And episode 99, when you put all of Stop the Red Leaf Retrocast episodes together. We were so Damn. close. Very close. You could and have in been the one. Com- and in commemorating that that mark and coming up on two years of the cast in January, which is in a month and a half from now, uh, two months, two months, we're getting new logos made, uh, new layouts. I'll probably add some more drops. And my favorite thing going on right now is we are running a contest. On Twitter at BowlingJD, Redleaf Retrocast, 
in which if you um, subscribe to us on YouTube, the Redleaf Retrocast, uh, follow us on Podbean, write a review on iTunes or Stitcher, uh, you can do all four. You'll be entered into the contest, and you're, uh, you will be put into a random draw. And if you win, you get to choose uh, basically a theme for a, a cast of your choosing, and you get to pick two games if you pick the retro cast. If you want to pick the anime, then you get to pick an anime for us to review. Or if you're a wrestling fan, you get to choose the wrestler spotlight. So it's big, at least you know, thirty to thirty minutes to an hour theme uh, that you'll get to pick for the cast. So it'll be entirely dedicated to that fan that wants to participate and uh, shout all the shoutouts that they want included. So if they want to, hi- you know, if they have their own YouTube channel or Twitch or what, whatever, they can hype up that. Or if, if they want to hype up another French channel. They're more than welcome to. Uh, that is the contest. So you can enter again, leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, or follow us on Podbean. So those are your four entries. <clears throat> All you have to do then is, uh, you know, take a screenshot and send it to at BowlingJD, and you'll be entered. So here you go. They'll be running through the entire non- They'll be. It'll be running through the entire month of November. I want to cool. enter. You want an answer? I want you. I want to enter. I want to enter the contest. I want a whole episode oh. of you talking about how cool Triple H is. How cool Kevin is. Uh, members no, tri- of the Triple podcast H. cannot <laughs> enter. <laughs> I want. I want a Triple H episode. Triple H isn't retired, so he wouldn't be part of. He wouldn't He's, be available for the wrestler spotlight. He might as well be retired. Well, his tit just fell off the other week, so That's <laughs> he, should, he should fix that. <laughs> If you're already if you're already a subscriber to YouTube, all you have to do is upload that screenshot of you subscribing. Um, someone just asked that uh, to me on Twitter. Sue, cool. As I have uh, the entry tweet deck up. If you want to uh, be a part of the cast uh, in real time, join us on the live stream, whether that's YouTube, Twitch, Mixer, Periscope, what have you. Uh, use the hashtag #RedleafRetroCast, and we will uh, we'll. It'll be a good way to interact with us in real time. So, on to what games we've been playing since uh, Kevin uh, started us off with Psychonauts. Yeah. <laughs> Just like South Park, guys, I have also been playing Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to catch up on South Park. I haven't bought the game yet, but I have been playing it on, fri- uh, on Fridays at my at my place. So. Oh, my so you're just place. you're uh, oh your demo place. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I have a save. I have a save file there, but you know, when I it was funny. I was watching that South Park episode, and they. I, w- I was thinking about it. I'm like, oh no, I'm gonna have to go back to that snow stage, because <laughs> that's like two hours of the game or some shit. And South Park makes a reference. You can't just go back to the snow stage. It's too long. South <laughs> Park. Yeah. Um. The game. The game is. The game is good. And hello, everybody in the chat yet again. Uh, the game, the game's good. It's very detailed, overly detailed at times. Um, Horse overly testicles. Overly, yeah, that's that's the main thing everyone's talking about. Uh, but like all Rockstar games, I'm almost positive, and I did read a couple reviews where once you get like halfway through the game, game story, which is 24, 25 hours into that 50 hour ish game, 
uh, it just becomes a shooting gallery. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I kind of expected that. That's what like every Grand Theft Auto uh, mission ends up becoming in times. That's what the first Rockstar um, Red Dead Redemption game was. I didn't play Red Dead Re- Revolver. Uh, Nobody did. And everyone that says they did is a liar. <laughs> I, I bought it, but I still haven't played it. Yep, it's on yeah. my shelf right over there, too. <laughs> but I am curious. I've just been playing play games it. for the podcast. Yeah, so. I had a lot of fun with the games for this cast. Uh, Colin, what have you been playing? Uh, I, I haven't had a chance to get to Red Dead Redemption 2 because, one, I'm planning to play Witcher 3 first, and yeah. two... Oh, okay. <laughs> same, same, man. I'm waiting on that, too. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to do. Well, I'm about to because I just recently beat Batman Arkham Knight. Ooh. Ah. And, oh, boy, what an ending. Woo. You liked it or it was just kind of over the top? I liked it. It was Okay. It was kind of ambiguous, kind of left room for a possible sequel because it, it sounds like Rocksteady is considering making a Justice League game based in the Batman Arkham universe. So oh. that could be interesting. Okay. Well, and... with Batman and Spider-Man, the um, Superman, the super Superman, the superhero games are, they, they look to be bright. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, me playing Batman Arkham Knight so much is what in- inspired me to do today's intro. Hmm. And the other game, sense. the other game I just recently got and tried out a couple of times is Enter the Gungeon, which is oh, I'm familiar with that. It's very popular in Europe. Oh yeah, <clears throat> yep. Cool. Yeah. To those who don't know, it's basically a roguelike bullet hell game, kind of like it's the bullet hell version of Dead Cells, essentially. Although Devolver Digital created it and they put their own little spin on the. Uh, the visual style, mm-hmm. and it, it looks really cool, but it it's really fun. It's got a really great sense of humor. For instance, one of the weapons that you can get is a giant bullet that shoots guns. <laughs> yeah, the, ga- the game is quite, quite kooky like that. It's weird, you might say. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I haven't... I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet, no pun intended, but I'm mm-hmm. considering getting Night in the Woods. I I believe you played that, JD? I did. I played it uh I played it last year. Uh, and it's a it's an interesting story-ridden game. There's not much gameplay to it at all. You just kind of go around it it focuses on uh well the all all the characters are animals and it 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 focuses on the main character, like, battling kind of their own depression and uh, finding some sinister plot within the town going on, that kind of thing. So. Ah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't mind that it's very heavy story-ridden. I mean, my third favorite game of all time is To the Moon, and that's very, very story-heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it made my top 25 of last year. I can double-check that right quick. What Actually. is to the moon? Yeah, I remember you had glowing praise for it. So, to that I end, to that end, I would like to make a deal with you, JD. Okay. What I will drop. Speak of? I will drop whatever game I'm playing or planning to play 
right now and focus all my effort on Night in the Woods if you drop whatever you're playing and Whoa. focus all your efforts uh-huh. on To the Moon. And it's only four or five hours, so that's not. I don't think that's a big ask. <laughs> okay, what is that? Uh, where can I get To the Moon then? Steam? Yes. Sure. I'm down. It's very cheap. It's like, I think it's only like 10 bucks. Yeah, that's fine. And it's totally worth it. I'm down. It. Cool. Deal made then. To the moon. Make that down. There's also another Steam game I've been meaning to get. It just came out. Uh, can't remember the title off the top of my head. That'll be for next cast. I wanted to play that as well. Cool. It's uh, by the same. It's it's a game made by the same guy who did uh, Papers, Please. Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. another very unique and weird game there. So we got nice. a theme going definitely. It's fitting the <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, we have to move on to uh horrible and pissed off news that's been going on in the gaming industry because oh my god, we have to talk about it cuz I am, <laughs> I am livid at one of them. I'm absolutely livid. <laughs> Go so on. I got to play. Yeah, so I got to play this uh uh Mario Game Overdrop. We can go on. Okay, so as I look at the docket here, or the notepad, uh, alrighty, Activision Blizzard announces a mobile game called Diablo Immortal at BlizzCon, comes with a large series of booze, online hate, and they essentially turned heel to a PC crowd. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Blizzard's stupid. Oh boy. <laughs> what were stupid. they thinking? Uh, I gotta say, I'm one very thing. proud. I'm very proud of my my wrestling kind of pun thrown in there. <laughs> here's here's the thing. I I was listening to a bunch of podcasts who are all people that happen to work in the game industry. They're always like, "There's no reason to boo." Like these developers worked hard on this game, and like <laughs> people are so entitled. I'm like, fucking the people that buy these games are the reason you have jobs. Like they'll fucking exactly. tell you if they don't want something. Yeah, like, there's no need to boo. That's just being like entitled and immature. I'm like. Nobody fucking likes mobile games. Get over it. Like, and then the asshole comment from the guy at Blizzard be like, what, you guys don't have phones? Like, no, fuck yeah. you, dude. Like, that's not what we wanted. Oh, that was the Nintendo Switch response to why they don't have a uh, voice interface. Yeah. Or chat interface in their Switch. They go, well, everyone has their phones anyways. Yeah. It's like, no, you're just, you're just being lazy and... and st- yeah. It, it's spitting in the face of the fans. Yeah. Uh, you're at a piece... You're at a... A convention that's dedicated to computer gaming fans, and you're releasing a mobile game. That's like me going to an Xbox conference and being being like, "What? You guys don't have PlayStations?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thing of course, is, I'm gonna get booed. Sorry, People there would probably sure. be like, "I mean, I mean, I do, oh, but yeah." Okay. <laughs> like it's just it's so dumb. I, like I just I hate that like the podcasts I listen to are all like they're very. I don't know. They're just so pro industry. Like, there are people that worked hard in this game. Like, that's cool. Maybe they should have let, not announced it here. Nobody would have given a shit. Like, you know? Like, yeah. It's, it's just. Yeah, I remember. Like, oh, I remember. Uh, go on, Colin. Review Tech USA was talking about this, and he he mentioned that them announcing a mobile game without following up with an actual say Diablo 4 announcement that's where they went bad as in they right. built it up so much people were expecting like a new PC Diablo game 
And then when mm-hmm. they they just threw him the curveball saying, oh, it's just the just the mobile game. That That's why people got pissed. They basically did a bait and switch. Right. Well, there was even there was even the fan that went up uh, uh, for the question uh, for a question. It yeah. goes. So was there any plan to have this game on PC at all? And then the guy—that's where—that's where they go. You don't. You guys don't have phones. Answer came from. Yeah. Uh, to the crowd was was uh, no. There's no plans for this game to be on PC at all. It's just going to be just only mobile. So you know, it's just going to be a watered down version of of Diablo. I, you know, uh, in full disclosure, I don't give a shit about Diablo or Blizzard like one way or the other. It's just not my kind of game, not my kind of audience. But even even I'm not dumb enough to. To go in front of a PC crowd like, like and and make an announcement like that and ex- not expect some backlash. Yeah. Well, the the thing is like, but going back to like booing the developers, nobody's booing the developers necessarily. They're booing Blizzard for being a bunch of dicks. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that, well, they're and booing then, Activision Blizzard. <laughs> Let's not forget yeah. that Activision has a. Oh, huge we'll get some more Activision news here in a second. I, mean, I, like, I it like just I just read the news this morning about more Activision nonsense. Oh, oh yeah. Boy, can't wait. Yeah. But well, the other thing I wanted to say is, um, no, no, I forgot it. Damn it! Look what you made me do. <sighs> Trash. <laughs> oh well. Can't be important. Yeah. Well, 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 let's take let's take an opportunity then to move on to the Activision news. Uh, so I got to play uh, Black Ops Four. You know, it's it's modes and whatnot, and I go, you know, mechanically, it's probably the best Black Ops game I've ever played. Zombie mode doesn't do anything for me. You know, I, I kind of went on a rant in the last cast about it. You know, fair enough. Well, um, when I went to play Red Dead Redemption 2 at the uh, at my demo place, <laughs> there were a couple guys going, what the fuck are all these microtransactions in the game all of a sudden? Mm-hmm. And so right after that, gra- what, what Activision did was right after that grace period of all the reviews that came out and everything, then they implemented all the microtransactions uh, into the game uh, for all the skins and and all the things you unlock and etc cetera, etc cetera. and uh, someone on reddit apparently had done uh, the math on how much time it would take and money or money it would take to buy all all of these items right it would take either two hundred dollars minimum or two hundred and fifty plus hours of grind grinding gameplay oh jeez yeah so that's more than a dollar an hour. <laughs> oh boy! Just, just, just for the in-game content that is kind of your motivation to keep playing the game. In so many words, I like the fact. Uh, that can't the, say uh, I'm surprised. Yeah. Oh, it's absolute scummy. Yeah. It's totally shot, scummy. It's shady. It's just. It's just. It's as shady as that. Uh, I. I just. Another article that came out. Um, Sony is now complying with Chicago-based uh, gaming law or um, entertainment laws called an amusement tax, where it's an extra 9% tax on things qualified as uh, external amusement. So that's video games, that's movies, that's uh, going to the amusement park, just anything. It, it, everything costs an extra 9% tax. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. stupid. I couldn't find if it like included restaurants or anything. I don't think they were on there, but uh, basically anything that doesn't meet like a, a normal need, they consider part of that amusement tax. Aye, aye, aye. So, 
Like it, like what Activision did is right up there, and uh, just like, just like uh, what you said, Kevin, with the, uh, with these a lot of these um, industry podcasts mm-hmm. saying that the fans were booing them, booing the developers, and it's like no, it is the companies that were booing at this point. They they don't deserve our our praise when they're doing shady and uh, predatory things to us. I'd honestly, is it only PlayStation or is it like Switch and Xbox as well? Well, Sony was the only one that came out and said they're going to start complying with it. Okay. I, that- I tried to look forward to see if um, Nintendo and Microsoft were doing it. I'm sure they are. I just couldn't find an article uh, that stated that they were going to. I, they, they, you know what? They probably just, because it's one city and within those limits, they probably just didn't care yeah. to release anything. That's my that's my theory, anyways. I'm sure they're complying too. It's extra money for them. <laughs> if it was only, um, well, it's extra money for the city. It's not going to PlayStation. Uh, if it's a tax, it's got to go. It's got to go to Chicago. I'm. I wish I knew more about that law. I think I think some of, I think a pe- a small piece of that tax goes to the companies as well. Uh, if that's the case, that's shitty. And I'd honestly, as much of a PlayStation fan, I'd be like, I'd sell my fucking PlayStation. Like, but yeah. I think you could be right on that. I think it yeah. could be just going to the city. I'm not sure about that tax law. Step one, move out of I Chicago. I'm not. I'm, I'm, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that's the solution. Don't live in Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what do you feel about the... Because this isn't the first game that's kind of post-launched microtransactions and this kind of shit into its, uh, into its game. We saw a lot of that with Destiny 2. Which we'll get to Destiny Two in a second as well. <laughs> it's, what do you think about this post-launch stuff? Sneaky because then they got around all the reviews because nobody looks at a review past like launch day, so nobody writes in the reviews. And it, mm-hmm. now that you know, oh look, uh, we got great reviews. Hit them, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's it's shitty. It's sneaky. But this is why I I don't really play online games anymore because. All of them now have to be like these games as services where I literally just, I want to go online and I just want to play and that's it. But it's like, I could have gotten a skin. Like, I when I played Modern Warfare 2, it was like, cool, I, I got enough kills with this weapon to get a skin. Like, now right. it's like, now it's like, hey, pay me 10 bucks and I'll put a giant zebra stripe on your gun. I'm like, no. <laughs> did you, speaking of this is related, did you know that kids today insult each other by calling them default? Really? Really. Because because in Fortnite, you know, the default skin, and uh-huh. that's like telling the kids, like, oh, they're poor because they, their parents didn't spend money on them to get skins in Fortnite. Oh, wow. Well, I'm not that, surprised. That's like an insult between kids now, and I'm just like, that's so sad, but at the same time... And that's what the gaming it, industry did. Yeah. Yep. They did that. So now uh, now you're, you're all defaults. Yeah. <laughs> You're all defaults. You're all D-pads. Yeah, you're all D-pads. Yeah, you're all D-pads. <laughs> <laughs> you're all D-pads and cardboard cutouts of each other. <laughs> it's, it's just, Except it's you, shitty, J.D., like, you're a joystick. <laughs> yeah, you stupid joystick. Actually, you know, you know that that is funny. When, when, uh, with all the wrestling games, mm-hmm. um, we'd, always, we'd always have the default character, right? In creative character mode, right? Yeah. Right. And we'd give him the most basic fucking moves. Like, his finishing move would be a hip toss or some shit. Hell right? yeah. 
but we'd make them like a 98 or not a per not a perfect 199 rated. We'd make him like a 98, 97 where he could be possibly beatable. Hmm. <laughs> and we just named him Default, and he was the most badass guy. And we're like, no, we'd play Royal Rumble mode. It's like, no, Default's coming out. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> His tag team oh, partner vacant. We'd, we we it was just the thing uh friends and I would do we'd we'd um what was the other one red faction 2 we'd upload a bot and make him really fucking strong and op ai and call him default <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah that's just that's the gaming industry fucking skins are now worth more than like real currency it feels like oh god <laughs> so then uh speaking of destiny 2 and black ops Right. Uh, this this is this is something I got from Jim Sterling. Um, they made uh, Black Ops Four made five hundred <laughs> million dollars in its like initial four days weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, Destiny Two failed to meet expectations to their investors and in what they made. So they 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 made a fuck ton of money, right? Not yeah. including the microtransactions. Uh, and then after so much time has come out, now they've implemented a lot of the DLC or microtransactions into it. Uh, it did not meet expectations to their investors. So, uh, as as Jim Sternley would put it, they didn't just want they didn't just want a shit ton of money. They wanted all the money. Exactly. So it kind of goes with um, that's my theory with what Activision Blizzard thinks they're doing. They think they can make the this billions of dollars off a predatory mobile market because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's where they're putting their that's where they're putting their eggs. They're saying f- they're, it's it's basically all these companies now going. Uh, here's the middle finger <laughs> to all our fans, and we're gonna try and get this new fan base that can possibly get us more money instead of just sticking with what they've earned over the years. Yeah, they they care more about their investors than their customers. That's the problem, and that's only a sign for terrible things to come for the company and they fucking deserve it exactly Look at ea they yeah. deserve what they're getting right now oh yeah i mean at the end of the day it, things that are cosmetic whatever charge for them but like when it's like stuff in like battlefront that's when i get mad exactly like well, i've had like, this conversation with drew uh many times i think we did a, a state of the industry back in february of 2018 this year mm-hmm. and He's of the same mind, like, skins and whatnot, that's fine. And I go, no, it's not fine. There was a time when you would play the game, and as you play the game, you unlocked these things. You earned them. You didn't pay extra money for it. No, I'm not saying it's it's, it's good, but, like, if they're going to charge for anything, I can live with a skin or something cosmetic as opposed to being like, hey, double XP for an hour if you pay us $15. I'm like, no. Cause that that's shitty. Like that, like skins or whatever. If you got extra money, you want to throw around, go nuts. I don't care. Mm-hmm. But you know, when it when it's like ga- like pay to win things, then I'm like, okay, fuck you. I don't want to play anymore. Well, that's the mobile. That's the mobile gaming. Um, right, but that's why, like in things like Fortnite, like you know, I don't want to use formula. No, I'm uh, saying uh, what, like when Fortnite does, it, I'm like, okay, whatever. You want to look like a fucking unicorn? Look like a fucking unicorn. <laughs> That's well, for- Fortnite is free, so there's that at least going for yeah. it. Yeah. Which, um, I get. But what that, what that they what they fine. do with what they do with their skins and what their predatory there is, they have the um, 
this their uh, temporary season pass kind of thing, mm-hmm. where these certain items and skins are only uh, available for a limited time, and you basically have to buy them. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't affect the gameplay in the long run. You just want to look like a fucking unicorn. Go ahead. Yeah, but you want to be called default, Kevin? I don't want to be called default. That's true, I have been bullied at my my uh, lunch table recently, so. But that's where we're at. That's where we're at. It's it's it's, it's not good. What do you think? What do you think about investors uh, being, um, being as greedy as they are, Colin? Huh? I don't know if it's are they so setting much... expectations too high. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I think it, I think Jim mentioned in his video that. The, the previous Call of Duty games had made more money in the same amount of time in the past, and that's what made the stock prices rise, and that's exactly what the investors want, mm-hmm. so that they can make money. But if if this is making less money, and then the investors are potentially losing money, then I don't think it's as much greed as much as just an inflating bubble. And sooner or later, it's going to stretch too far pop and then activision blizzard or no 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 uh, just activision they're they're screwed at that point they they can't make any more possible money because there's mm-hmm. there's a limit that an upper limit that has to be reached and i think what scares me the most and uh this is just something i've seen over the years um with even because i used to be an avid sports game fan like i love sports and i loved my sports games the early 2000s up until i want to say 2009 i got like every sports game every year i would save my money up for that that those games that was nhl that was nba that was fifa and uh what i noticed was um around the end of that time that time period uh more modes were coming out and then all of a sudden the modes were just being taken away right Uh uh-huh so less content was being put into the games, less originality is being put into the games, and then that's when uh, FIFA Ultimate Team came out, right? Uh-huh. And uh, so nothing was taken out of the FIFA game, but then that came out, and I was like, really cool. Then the at the very next year, that's when a couple modes started being taken out. Gameplay started feeling more sluggish. Uh, uh, less effort was being put in the game, and it was all being put in this. FIFA Ultimate Team mode, and then that's when it started getting really shady, and then that's also when NBA modes, uh, like franchise mode, was no longer multiplayer. NHL took out, like, three or four modes, including, like, a, a certain uh, aspect of GM mode that was, like, really important. So you just saw a pattern with all the sports titles. Now we're seeing it not just in sports games, uh, you know, over the last couple of years. We've seen across... All the games. Assassin's Creed now is this heavy grind fest that want you to pay microtransactions just so you can level up and play the fucking game. Mm-hmm. Uh, GTA G- Grand Theft Auto is now online based and making just billions of dollars. I think it's the most profitable game ever. Is yeah. that correct, guys? I think so. I think I yeah. think Red Dead beat it now, but well, no, GTA Online still exists. So yeah, um, I don't know. maybe. <clears throat> It's 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 pretty. You're get you're you're paying the same amount for less content and a worse game, basically. Mm. Yep. And if history tells us anything, people will just stop buying the games eventually. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 
It's a bubble waiting to burst, like you said, Colin. So then, speaking of <laughs> speaking of shady shit, it's we're we're just we're just rolling here. Uh, I saw this I saw this in a store the other day that Shadow the Tomb Raider was on sale. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And I've seen I, I've seen games come out, you know, and they're on sale 30, 60 days after release. You know, fair enough. But here's the point that pissed me off. It includes all the DLC as well. Hell yeah. <laughs> you don't even have to buy the DLC separately. So what the fuck even? Yeah. Hey, so if you're a first day buyer, if you're a first day buyer like I was, you don't get the DLC just for free. Yeah. Which you should be entitled to because you were a first day payer. If exactly. you're just going to release now, like, I don't even think 30 days passed before they just said, here's a discounted game, here's all the DLC included, fuck it. Yeah, that's what happens. That's why you know why buy a game day one anymore. Well, this is the first time I've experienced something to this extent. You yeah. are like, the beta tester for the rest of us. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I mean, the game—it's bad enough. The game you're getting it for almost half price so soon after its release. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, that that whole it's, thing with go whole, on, Colin. That whole thing with including all the DLC, that's that's salt on the wound. That's sticking the middle finger right up the people's asses. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, you know, I like all the Tomb Raider games. I want them to do well. I, I, I do like what they do. Even, like, a mediocre Tomb Raider game to me is still really fun. So I wanted to support day one, and that's what I did. But then, you know, just a month later, now there you go. Here's all the DLC, and it's just, fuck off. Yeah, really. <laughs> So I won't be doing that anymore. They, they basically lost a customer with that move. Uh, and then, um, just for... I know I know I have a lot of friends that did this one. Was they uh, they bought the season pass for Final Fantasy XV. Oh, yeah, man. All the 2019 DLC, basically everything to finish the story, has been canceled outright. Oh, boy. Which is why you don't buy season passes, because that's you're buying a promise. Mm-hmm. You're buy- yeah, that's exactly what I've never bought a season pass before. That's why I don't, I don't plan to. Yeah, that's why I don't. It's just so shady. Do, uh, I don't do Kickstarters either. I don't care how great that game is. I don't care how bad I want it to come out. That's a promise, and I get nothing if you decide I don't want to do it anymore. And that's that's what happened. I have I haven't been able to find any confirmation that all those people that bought the um, season two season pass for Final Fantasy 15, I think it's mm-hmm. season two, uh, that they'll get their money back. I think that Square just took their money. Uh-huh. And that has a it, and it has a lot to do with I think it's the director he left the company, so then they just went, "Well, all right, if he's gone then we won't uh we won't come out with this DLC." So they had like a 33 million dollar operating loss or something uh because this DLC is not coming out now. Yeah. So it's so fucking annoying. So that makes me real curious on what they're going to do with Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> I think the game's already finished. I think that mm. game's never coming out. My theory yes. with Kingdom Hearts 3 is there's going to be a season pass for extra like levels and modes of the story, just like what they did with Final Fantasy 15. I pray that that's not the case. I mean, they've never felt the need to do it with any previous games. and Ah, but that wasn't 2018, now was it? <laughs> no, but I will be seriously pissed if they do that. 
Yeah, that's just my theory with what Square's been doing uh, just lately. So, uh, but in good news, let's get some good news here to to finish it off because we've <laughs> been bitching for oh like thirty minutes. Okay, uh, <laughs> uh, Delta Rune, the next game from the Undertale guy. Uh, it came out with a full two hour length demo, and it's for fucking free, guys. Free, <laughs> uh, remember that? Yeah, remember um, that word? I'm hoping to play that soon. It's it's a lot of fun. It's, it feels like a full-length game. It really does. And the guy came out and said, it's a demo, there's still some things and bugs no work out. And I was like, dude, this is like better than... Uh, well, it's better than a few games I played for the month of October. <laughs> he uh, he also said that he's not totally sold on finishing that game, though. Really? And which is fine, you know. I It's up to him at the end of the day. Um, well, yeah, yeah. I he mean, didn't have great. to even release this. No, 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 I get that, but I just don't want people to be like, oh, man, is anything coming from Deltarune? He's like, eh, maybe, I'll do it, I don't know, here's a demo. Yeah, but I feel like he's earned that. I mean, he's yeah. he's way more consumer-friendly than everybody we've mentioned in the past 20 minutes. He's... <laughs> yeah, no kidding. He actually Toby cares Fox about his fans. Activision. And I feel like That's if he... Hilarious. If he feels like he needs more time to work on it or just doesn't feel like he can finish it, then I'm I won't be nearly as angry or disappointed. I mean yeah. I can we can at least say he tried. So we should respect developers that respect their customers, is what you're saying? Oh my god. What a weird concept. <laughs> yeah, the game has the game has a lot of tongue in cheek, just like Undertale did, uh, with all the imagination. So definitely go play it. You can just Google it and download it. Yeah, EXE file. So uh, good stuff there. <clears throat> well then, anybody else got anything to say about uh, some some companies or some good news? <sighs> I don't know, man. I can't really. Nothing's really been catching my eye lately, news wise. What about some games you guys are looking forward to that are coming out? I got a li- I got a small list in front of me. I usually do this on the Modern Gaming Cast, but I, I never get you guys' uh, smash take on things. I guess. So let's see here. Um, what hasn't come out yet? Smash uh, po- uh, Pokemon Let's Go. Nah. Eh. Fallout seventy six. Nope. Not really. Battlefield V. <laughs> nope. Mm, absolutely not. Um. Just I'll cost buy four. It's ten bucks. I haven't played two or three, so I'll wait. Yeah. Or one. It's same game, right? I, I um, mean, I played a little of two, but I was like, I don't, I don't get the point here. And Smash Ultimate. Smash. That's Smash, finish, Smash, Smash Ultimate, Ultimate out the looks year. good. That game looks insane. I'll I, probably get it down the line at some point. I don't we, think I'll be getting it in December. Can we uh, just ask the question: Why the fuck are Pride of Plants a character? <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of weird. You yeah. think they'd put a uh, like a Waluigi or somebody? Fuck you know? Waluigi. Nobody <laughs> likes Waluigi. <laughs> people like Waluigi the way people like mustaches. Ironically, <laughs> well, nobody actually likes Waluigi. May not be wrong there, except Jim Sterling. Yeah. Again, mustaches that people grow them ironically. Nobody <laughs> is like, I look good with this mustache. Nah, I think I'm gonna be getting a few PSVR games. I've been meaning to get. Uh, Tetris Effect just came out. Is that um, only VR? No, it's not. Oh, good. But I have a VR. 
and it's VR compatible, and it's really... I I got to demo that thing, and I was entranced. I don't understand Hmm. how Tetris works in VR, or why I would use it in VR, I guess. It just doesn't really make sense to me. It felt like Luminous, and I was in the world. Hmm. And I believe it's by the same... It is, same guys. ...people that made Luminous, yeah, Yeah. which makes sense. Interesting. I heard Super Hot was normal. Super Hot? What about it? It's not no longer VR required. It's like you can play it anyway now. Yeah, it's not as fun though. Oh, it's definitely more fun in VR because because you VR. It only just recently got the VR mode. I think the next big big non VR game I'm gonna get is Resident Evil Two Remake. Oh yeah, that's coming out. Yeah. Yeah. I should try the remakes of those games. I might like them better. (laughs) <laughs> or maybe I'll just get the Dark Souls port on the Switch. <laughs> no, why? Why do you want to play worse Dark Souls? Why do I want to what now? Why do you want to play worse Dark Souls? <laughs> it's just it's Dark not going to run better on the Switch. What do you mean run better? It's the same game. It's lower frame rate, just using those Joy-Cons with those little, little buttons. That doesn't bother me. Yeah, well, you know what? Some people in this world can't be saved. Am I right, Colin? Well, I have it on my PC already. I mean, I think I spent like $5 on it, so whatever. I just want to know why... Hold up, one last thing. How come they were like, Dark Souls Trilogy Remaster coming to PS4 and Xbox? Switch just gets Dark Souls 1. I want to know why they... sure. I want to know why they dicked them like that. Wait, trilogy remastered? No. Well, no. Isn't there like a Dark Souls trilogy? Uh, maybe it's not remastered, but like that came out on like Xbox and PS4. I don't think so. Yeah, that's why they did the re-release. No. I will fight you on this. I am looking this up. I don't think so. I'm fighting you. Hmm. You start your next topic. I'm gonna look this up. <laughs> well, our next topic is actually the games we uh, the games we played for the theme. So I think it's drop time. Uh, nope. Hold on. Nope, hold on. Well, too bad. Dark Souls Trilogy, PlayStation 4. Suck my dick. When's it coming out? It's out. It came out the same day as Dark Souls Remastered. The Trilogy. Yes, it's a three. Uh, One, two, and three? Yeah. Well, okay. They forgot the best game, though, Demon's Souls. Maybe all three (laughs) games couldn't fit on a Switch cartridge. I know Dark Souls 3 would not work on a Switch. Well, for sure. that, that That would make sense, so... All right. Well, I'm definitely going to play the Castlevania music again because I like that music and that was on the last episode. I miss Chrono Cross. <laughs> no, no Chrono Cross. It's Castlevania. It hasn't been, it hasn't been overused yet. <laughs> Not yet, anyways. That's how we handle that. Sooner or later, I will Alrighty. tell my story for Chrono Cross. <laughs> So this was, and is, episode 32 of the Redley Fletcher cast. This is the Strange and the Weird. This was my theme, me being JD. Uh These are strange and weird games. So, um, you know, pretty vague, but it it definitely got us to think outside the box and pick games that we, uh, you know, don't really fit into the other categories like a shoot 'em up or a beat 'em up or or what have you. So this was a a good opportunity. And if you're just joining us... um, Welcome. If you uh, want to participate in a ongoing contest that we're running right now through the month of November, uh, head over to iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Leave us a review. 
take a screenshot of that and uh, send it to at BowlingJD. You'll be entered into the contest. Uh, follow us on YouTube and follow us on Podbean are the other two ways. You can enter more than once, and I encourage it for sure. <clears throat> Upload that screenshot to at BowlingJD, like I said, and you will get to pick an anime for us to review for the anime cast, a theme with two games of your choice for us to play on the cast, or a wrestler to highlight in a wrestling podcast episode. So it's your choice of the three. So here we are, my theme. It's been a it's been a while. I'm very excited. <clears throat> okay. And uh, the first game we're going to talk about is Oddworld Abe's Odyssey for the Sony PlayStation. Woohoo! Uh, it was developed by you guessed it, Oddworld Inhabitants. Basically, <laughs> only make the Oddworld games. <laughs> uh, published by GT, yeah, yeah, published by GT Interactive so- Software, now known as Atari Incorporated. Cool. And it was released in September nineteenth, nineteen ninety seven. So, this is, uh, as the title would say, an odd game. So it definitely, uh, I had to pick an Oddworld game, and I've never played the first one before. This was the first one. Okay. And uh, I was first introduced to the Oddworld franchise as a kid um, with Exodus, and my uncle had a PlayStation. So, um, and it was the strangest fucking thing I've ever, like, seen on a video game console even prior to that. (laughs) So, uh, you are an alien named Abe, and you're, you're a... What would you call him? Like a half squid type anteater he looking like thing. Squidward. They're called <laughs> mudokans. Mudokans, that's the word. Yeah, there's a lot of oh, no, words Madoka. and names like that in the game. Madoka. And uh, it's the gameplay reminds me of uh, Heart of Darkness, uh, Another World type thing, where yeah, yeah, you move left to right, uh, screen to screen, and you uh, solve puzzles to advance through the game and the puzzles include trying to save your fellow aliens from and the plot is uh he works at a uh, like a manufacturing plant and um the company's going through hard times and their next new big product is basically turning all their mudokan workers into this new food uh titled new and the new and tasty that's what they're marketing as so abe finds out that they're going to be used for food and he has to escape the factory and along his journey trying to escape the factory, he uh, gathers his fellow simpleton workers to uh, to escape. And there's guards known as sligs that are just about on every screen. You have to kind of figure out a way to either avoid the slig or kill the slig using um, trapdoors or grinders or what have you. So... Uh, very, very interesting and weird, weird concept of a game. Um, everything's with pre-rendered backgrounds, so it still holds up to this day, and plays surprisingly uh, quite well, despite the slippery controls. Now, I played the original version. Colin, you played the remake version, New and Tasty, correct? Yeah. Yes, I did. So I'm very. I, I assume the controls are less slippery in that version. Actually, when I watched a comparison video for it, because I haven't played the original version, mm-hmm. I I found out they're actually worse. 
They're wow. more they're more slippery because you're using the analog stick and not the D pad. Oh no! So that makes a few of the sp- few of the platforming spots even more trouble than they're worth. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Now, Did granted, he give me the option to use the D pad? Well, the D pad in the new version you use to communicate with your uh, fellow Mudokans to get them to follow you or. Yeah. Or wait. Uh, yeah, the controls are are pretty complicated. They took a little bit to get used to. Like L one, you have to hold L one and then use the face buttons to communicate, or use L two and those will do, or hold L two and then use the face buttons to do different actions there. So, okay, all right. Yeah, and there, his main, the guy who was doing that comparison video, his main beef was with. The difference in visual styles between the two of them because the original looked very gritty very realistic and it oh yeah con- conveyed a lot more but in the new and tasty there it just they went overboard with like making it look so extravagant like there's all these bright colors there's these bloom effects it just doesn't really kind of cheap a lot of the, unnecessary things okay cheapens the feel of the game Sweet in his eyes Wow. That kind of reminds me of that medieval remake on the PSP. Oh, yeah. yeah, In so many ways, yeah. Yeah, but he Um, he still considers it a good game overall. It's just a step down from the original version. That's too bad, uh, because I was was really enjoying it. There was so much things happening on the screen at one time. Uh, Like, I believe it was the third or fourth screen you get to. Uh, Yeah. You pull a lever on the screen before it, and it activates these barrels, and now they're falling from conveyor belts and kind of exploding, and they're popping uh, to the screen at you, and it feels like it's coming right at you. It's pretty wild stuff. Yeah, New and Tasty does the same thing. Now, my history with this game is I first saw an ad for it in the PC Gamer magazine back in the early 2000s. Uh Uh-huh. I was always curious to see what it was like to play since it specifically said you didn't really have any weapons or fighting abilities and just wearing a loincloth, no armor or what have you. (laughs) So he was basically an unlikely hero. And I remember all so much of my so much of the time since then wondering why the heck does he have his mouth sewn shut? (laughs) It's like I'm not sure if it's ever I believe the I believe the in, I, I I think you're supposed to assume that the investors or the owners of the company just do that so their workers won't talk to each other. Yeah, that's a that was actually yeah. confirmed at one point when I did my research. And in Abe's case, it was to keep him from doing his mystical chanting, which is a big part of the game. You 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 do that to like mind control enemies or open up portals to help your Mudokans escape. Yeah. So while they're while their uh, while their mouths are sewn, I guess they have a limited range. Yeah, that's what I figured. So it was, it was a pretty interesting mechanic, and they do they they teach it to you right away, and then you know shortly thereafter, there's certain screens where there's kind of these um, like red balls at the top of the screen. They it'll zap you. If yeah. You, if you use if you try to use it, so I kind of I kind of like that. It get it gets you to think outside the box. To oh, I, so this red ball's not in here. I should use my mind mind oh, control power, or it is I there. I shouldn't you. use that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there you are. 
Now, what, one thing I liked about the game is the visual style combined with its kind of dark, goofy sense of humor. It's like very dark, gritty setting, like food processing. You can make the character fart. Yeah, yeah. Best button, by the way. Yeah, it is the no, best button. It's all in like a <laughs> this gritty food processing factory, industrialized wasteland. Kind of creates a bit of cognitive dissonance, but it kind of works at the same time. Kind of like watching the climax of Roger Rabbit without any of the preceding movie, which I actually <laughs> did as a kid <laughs> when it was on TV. And it's so got Kevin, some... what did you think of this game? So I actually got exposed to it the same way that you got, well, I, you said it first, right, GD? Your uncle had it, or was it Colin? One of you said uh, it. I, I, I said my uncle had it. Yeah. So my mom's brother had it on a PlayStation, and me and my older brother first played it, and we saw the pre-rendered backgrounds, and... It looked interesting, so we tried playing it, but we could not figure anything out when we were little. We just kind of sat there, hit the fart button a lot, and then <laughs> somehow we got to this puzzle where you had to uh, you had to drop something so another Madokan can cross, and we were just lost. So I just remember this game as a kid being like, this game's kind of stupid, I don't like it. <laughs> but now that I'm older, I, I get what it's trying to do. It's a lot of puzzle platformy stuff. It's just not my genre. It's it's just too slow moving for me. I mean, I get it, I respect it, and I I get what it's trying to do, but no, nah, it's not for me. Ah, yeah. The ah, fair enough. Um, the save system was quite interesting. So there's there's checkpoints within the game, but you don't know when these checkpoints come. You know, they're kind of like every two to three screens. I I came to find out. Uh, so. <laughs> the funny thing on the uh, save system on the PlayStation was when you when you, it looks like you can kind of save state the game, but it actually saves you at that checkpoint from the screen. And what happens is uh, every slot on the memory card when you save it, it'll save a new slot into the memory card. So huh. as you play the game, more and more slots will be filled up. Luckily, there's a delete button. Oh, yeah. Delete save button. So it, once you fill it up, every time you save after that, you'll have to delete one and then save. So it becomes kind of a a task in that sense. I I <laughs> totally assume they fixed that in the in the remake. I really yeah, hope they yeah. did. I hope they use a whole gigabyte and you have to delete it over and over again. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, it's 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 it sticks to one file, but in in new and tasty, they actually do give you visual cues as to where the checkpoints are. Ah, yeah, see that like, that that's just a nice little quality of life improvement. But I think I would take the easier controls. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. The best sure. I can describe this game is Toki Tori meets Out of This World, like you said, JD meets Lemmings. Oh, int- yeah, Toki Tori. <laughs> Go back to the Game Boy cast on that one. Just yeah, two episodes yeah. ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I thought. The main, because you're this main goopy looking character, it was just so odd. And the characters don't really talk to each other. They have this weird kind of nasally voice. They're just like, hello, I'm Abe. Follow me. How you doing? Follow me. Okay. Yeah, they don't have noses. (laughs) So that makes sense. Really goofy. Really strange overall. The food processing. And the fact that it, what is, I think it has like four sequels at this point. Just super Yeah, they're all weird spinoffs. Yeah, there's. There's Abe's Exodus and Munch's Odyssey, but I don't remember any others. Yeah, I haven't played anything after Exodus. Like, I've only played Exodus prior to this, and that was 
back in the 90s, so it's been almost 20 years now since I even played an Oddworld game, and I was just like, I remember the game being really strange, I can't remember, like, what it was, I remember it was like a puzzle thing, but I was I was too dumb as a kid to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the other thing that's weird about this game, if they're using their workers to make them food, eventually they would run out of workers? Well, that was the problem with a couple yeah. of their other uh, food items. Ah, yeah, yes. the stuff said, was going. It was like we used to make. Yeah, we used to make this, but they went extinct. So then we moved on to make this. We're still making these, and now <laughs> they're going extinct. This is very weird. <laughs> and that that actually reminds me. There's there's sort of a similarity in theme to Final Fantasy VII here because we find out later that the animals that they're using to make their current food were considered sacred in the in where the Mudokans lived. Oh. And they were a sort of a a balance a balance force for the uh, the rest of the planet, but obviously these this rupture farms the corporation that enslaves Abe and his kin. Mm-hmm. They're they're a bunch of greedy bastards. They don't care. They just want to make money. Yeah, they don't give they don't give a shit. Absolutely. So, needless to say, um, it does live up to its name, Odd World. It is an odd game. Absolutely. With, uh, with unique gameplay, I quite liked it. I love the pre-rendered backgrounds. Um, it still holds up to this day. I think. I think it's uh, if you're into the puzzle type platformers like me and Colin are, then definitely check it out. And it's uh, it's cheap. It's um, I got my copy uh, for five dollars. Nice. So Ooh. Uh, price charting says it goes for about eight on average. So. Yeah, now that's probably like with the case and stuff. Yeah. yeah, this this gets yeah, an easy yeah. this gets an easy pass from me, and I'm thinking once I beat New and Tasty, I want to actually get the original PlayStation version and play that to see how it compares. Um, yeah, you can get I think the PSN store version for like seven dollars or six. Possibly. How, I wonder yeah. what it's going for on. I wonder if it's on good old games. I think so. Oh, yeah, maybe. Probably. It, there it was is, originally, it did later, it was originally it, it did later come out on the PC, so, yeah. I thought it came out on PC first. Huh. Neat. Like All I right. said, I found it on, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, in PC Gamer magazine, so. Oh, PC gaming. That's how I found out about a lot of other games not a lot of people talk about. Like The Last Express, or... What? Uh, meat puppet. Oh, the Last Express is good. Yeah, I like good old games for the old point and click adventures, and there's a oh. lot they just give out for free. Oh, it goes yeah. for seven dollars and seventy nine cents Canadian on good old games. Odd World. Yeah, yeah. So that's about the that's about the price it goes for. Yeah. Cool. Not bad. As soon as I get a better See computer, you. I'm playing it. Well, I sure hope your computer's good enough to play a PS One game. No. Nope. <laughs> Alrighty. So uh, Colin, or no, I'm sorry, Kevin. Does it hey. get a pass from you, even though the game's not for you? Do I have a really valid horse in this race? I don't know. I mean, it. Yeah. Lo- I get it. It seems cool. I say give it a try, but it's not for my ADD brain. Okay, so it gets a it gets a pass, just not for you. Right. Okay. All right. So my second pick was a game called Bonk's Adventure for the Turbo Graphics 16, the mascot of the console. Yeah. That tried to compete with the uh, Sega Genesis and the Nintendo Entertainment System before the Super Nintendo came out. For sure. 
Developed by Red Company, later owned uh, that we know now as Atlas. <clears throat> oh, yes. And published by Hudson Soft and NEC Entertainment. So Hudson Soft was the co- was the company for the um, for the Turbo Graphics slash PC Engine. Uh, much like let's call let's say uh, Naughty Dog is for Sony kind of deal. A second party developer, if you will. <laughs> sure. That's a phrase. Well, yeah, yeah. Why not? It's a it's a comp it's it's a major company that makes exclusives for the console. Second mm-hmm. party. Yeah, yeah. I'm down with that. I'm down with that wordage, Kevin. You're a genius. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> it was released in North America, 1990. Uh, Japan, December 15th, 1989. Nice. So, um, like I said, platform exclusive uh, became the mascot. Uh, left to right rescue. Uh, left to right platformer. Um, the premise is rescue Princess Za. So it's a uh, damsel in distress. But... It's not actually a woman. It's a pink, like, brontosaurus-type dinosaur that was stolen by King Drool, which is like this <laughs> green T-Rex dude. And uh, the uh, the instruction manual says, and use your head. So, in this case, it means it literally. Because your only attack is using your big, doofy head. Because you're a little caveman. The diving Named head. Bonk. <laughs> well, named Bonk in, uh, in North America. In Japan, he's named... Uh, more or less PC kid, because the <laughs> PC engine, uh, PC Genjin. It's it's kind of like a play on words for it. Uh, Japan loves their puns, so yeah. Um, there you go. Bad pun. Uh, <laughs> I like bon- I prefer Bonk over PC kid for sure. Definitely like Bonk way better. So before I go into all of the nitty gritty of the game itself, I want to know your thoughts, Kevin. Oh, things just went silent on me. Hold on. Are you back? Uh-oh. I'm here. Kevin, what are Hi. your thoughts over this game before I go into the nitty-gritty of it all? I played this uh, actually downloaded on PS3, believe it or not. They have uh, the Turbo oh. Graphics release. It was fun. Cool. It's a pretty standard platformer. I mean, I say standard, but it was... Uh, how do I describe it? There was nothing really special about it, but it was really, really fun to me, if that makes sense. I like the personality of Bonk. I thought the game had a lot of charm. Um, I remember demoing the NES version also, like, a while ago. Oh, no. Oh, no? Different different game? Uh, yeah. (laughs) It felt the same to me. I mean, from what I remember, I thought it was pretty similar. Is it not? Do I remember it wrong? Well, maybe when the Turbo Graphics went out, they ported it to the NES, and it was a weird version. I know when Super Bonk came out, they went really bad. (laughs) Super Bonk is weird as fuck. Kitty, get, um, off the, get off the mic table. Come on. <laughs> Kitty. No, that was Kitty, a, it was a good on. game. Oh, he's laying down. He's if it, it. <laughs> it's affordable to play on, like, PSN. I would recommend it. I can't, Again, I can't really... I do like the diving headbutt mechanic, because you really have to, like, time and jump your attacks to get the right angle, instead of just, like, jumping on it like Mario. But, oh, yeah. You know, once you got used to that, pretty good game. I liked it a lot. Luckily, there's cheap ways to play it now. Well, it's still not a very expensive game, uh, considering if you're a TurboGrafx-16 uh, collector. I was going to say, you uh, have to own a Turbo, though. <laughs> well, I own a... Um, see, I actually got a PC Engine in, when I was in Montreal. Whoa. Oh? And it was... Uh, yeah. And it was uh, modded to play TurboGrafx games. Mad we have a, We got a new uh, follower. Hey! Uh, Yay! 
So that'll I'll have to look that up later. Um, so somebody entered into the contest for sure. Hello, person. <laughs> so um, let's see, where was I? What was my train of thought? You. Oh yeah. So I got a I got a I got a mod. Yeah, I got a modded PC engine in Montreal, and it can play Turbo Graphics games. Because um, a lot of the let, let's face it, a lot of the uh, PC engine library or Turbo Graphics libraries on the PC engine with a lot of Japan exclusives, etc. But this is, I think one of the strangest games to come out of the early 90s especially considering this was this turned into a mascot character mm-hmm. uh, like in the first level you you learn that you a- attack with I gotta get my cat off this table <laughs> he's, being bad kitty. Bad. he's being a bad kitty bad Mr. Kitty <laughs> he's starting to bite even the microphone cord and he's like bad 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 That's, that Here, might be this. bad so um yeah, you're the you're the short little caveman with a doofy head, and you're fighting all these dinosaurs that have like skulls on their heads, and they're evil. And you get eaten by a dinosaur in the second like stage uh, or level one two. You're in the dinosaur, and you have to avoid its uvulas and its little microorganisms attacking you. And then you get shot out its butt into a boss <laughs> battle. <laughs> That's how it would really work, yeah. <laughs> I have had the anatomy of a dinosaur spot on, by the way. Very good. Yeah, right? Yeah, multiple uvulas. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And swim through its stomach acids. Ah, the old brontosaurus. I remember studying that back in the day. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm an archaeologist. An archaeologist. So a regular bonk attack uh, you hit and he just kind of swings his head. Uh, Doesn't have much range, so the game kind of wants you to... uh, get used to that jumping um, smash head attack. The Crispin Wad diving headbutt, yes. Oh. Oh, I said that taste. Oh, I Daniel Bryan <laughs> diving headbutt. That's not better, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> or you can jump up to enemies that are above you and then you can take them out that way. So there's there's three different ways you can you can attack an enemy. So uh, the fact that you just don't like you said Kevin jump on an enemy's head uh, mm-hmm. It gets a little bit more of a thinking process into how you're attacking enemies. It makes you it was, a little bit more careful. It was the only way I felt that was like really good to attack is the swinging head thing. I almost felt mm-hmm. useless. So well, yeah, and that only does uh, what I what I amount to like one point of damage, while the uh, jump smash attack does two, which is why some enemies take you know s- seemingly six hits to take out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> at times, especially in the later levels, there's one that's a dinosaur, and he takes like eight hits. Um, but you're meant to kind of ignore them, just avoid them. So, uh, after each boss, a level is filled with uh, caves that I found out, and that kind of gives you fruit bonuses or challenge stages, which are uh, kind of fun. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a, a good breather, so to say. Found this pretty fun. Uh, you can find hidden heart containers within levels to increase your total health. So kind of like a Zelda in, in a sense. Uh, but it, instead of beating a boss and getting a heart level, they're just scattered throughout the levels. Um, you also find meat in levels, mostly in these like turnip-looking plants. Yeah, super yeah. bonk. And you become super bonk like Super Mario. Uh, yeah. However, this ability, much like 
when Mario goes into star mode, it only lasts a certain amount of time. Well, all the meat power-ups function that way. If you get one meat power-up, uh, he gives you the abilities to, uh, if you do your jump smash attack, everything turns to stone around him and stops in midair for some jumping enemies. Uh, if you get two, I believe that's when he goes uh, super bonk mode. And yeah, then, and now uh, you can do two of those jump smash freeze attacks. Right. <clears throat> and you can you can when you jump you can actually make him turn in the air use like his his doofy head to get get some momentum I thought that was kind of funny it makes this kind of twirly sound <laughs> and don't forget that he has a nuclear explosion come out of his head every time he gets his power up oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he does that's so funny <laughs> thing is I, like I, you're making all these comparisons to Mario I guess that's why I feel like this game isn't necessarily unique because I'm just like ah, this is just this is Turbo Mario I guess. You know, I guess. Well, so. I mean, you could say the same thing about Sonic. He's just faster. No, you can't. <laughs> but they're all kind of. It was uh, a a, pla- a platformer is always. Yeah. Um, reference to Mario in so many ways. It's just it's just very easy to understand, and and you're able to grasp a picture much easier. So. Uh, the other thing you collect through levels is uh, are these smiley faces when you kill enemies and yeah. um. This will actually replenish your hearts after completing a stage. So a stage has like six levels to it, mm-hmm. more or less, and uh, that will replenish all of your um, all of your uh, your hearts. Uh, you also can collect fruit, which will sort of replenish the heart. Because this this is the other thing I like I like what this game does. Um, you just don't have like this enemy hits you, you lose a heart. Or this enemy hits you, you lose another heart. And it, the enemies, depending on how strong they are, will do more damage or less damage, accordingly to how strong that enemy is. So I, I really like that. It's something Mario doesn't do. How about that? How about that, Kevin? <laughs> Listen, you and your turbo shish shish. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wondering when the game started getting hard for you guys. Level two point five. Ah, that same as me. That level can go eat a dick. That part was hard, but after that, I didn't really have that much trouble. I didn't beat the game, but... My main my main problem with it was the vine-swinging mechanic. I Ooh, hate yeah. that mechanic. It's done so badly yeah. in this game. Yeah, it doesn't thing. work. Because if you, you're trying to swing forward and you try jumping off right at its apex of its swing going right, that That's you suddenly fall. jump left. It's mm-hmm. like, what? That's, that's so counterintuitive. You have to be... You have to precisely jump off right before it reaches its apex, and that that doesn't sit well with me. I lost so many lives to that mechanic. Oh, see, I learned my lesson off the first try and just skipped it. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to use it. Oh, yeah? You don't Hmm. have to use the vines, yeah. Uh, But with doing that, you run the risk of falling to the bottom of that stage, and that's where the, like, tar, which does damage to you... uh, with a lot of the dragonflies below. Yeah, um, that that's the other they thing. They kind of do this that's, do weird this hover maneuver. It's hard to dodge at times. Yeah, that's the other thing. Most of the enemies in this stage fly and that's that's really frustrating. Mm. They're hard to hit. Yeah. Yeah, 2-5 was definitely when the that's right in my notes. That's when I I lost a just ton of lives. It's not that I, I couldn't have to start beat the game it. Over. It's not that I couldn't beat it, but every time I did, it was a pyrrhic victory. 
Eight. I'm curious, Kevin, does the PSN version or even the, um, well, what used to be the Wii U Virtual Console, does it have like a save state function? Nope. You're on your own for PS3. Oh, cool. I believe so. Same, same thing. I didn't use a save state, at least. I didn't see any option for that. Hmm. No. The I, I like the death mechanic in it. You just don't start the level over. He just kind of lays there for a little bit, and then he just springs back to life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, he took a shot of adrenaline. <laughs> it kind of it kind of made it seem like too arcadey. Like, did I actually get punished for this? Like, I almost felt like I was playing like a well on the PS3. Like, oh, if I put a quarter mm-hmm. in, I pick right back up. So like, I didn't know if that was unique to the PSN version or if it was just. No, this. it was it was in Turbo Graphics too. Okay. Yep. I know came came in around. came in a lot of came in handy on that third boss, uh, the the monkey boss. Oh yeah, that well, monkey boss that. like killed me a couple times, but luckily because you uh, you keep all the damage and you stay in there, uh, you keep all the yeah you keep all the damage done to the monkey. So oh, yeah. I didn't get as far as lives. the third boss. The first boss is piss easy. You just do a dive bomb on top of his head, and then you'll bounce off, and then just keep doing dive bombs and dive bombs, bouncing off and hitting again. Just do that till you win. That's yeah. The second boss was much harder. For yeah. Sure. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It's a good game. It's a good game. On one fun thing is on three two, there's a bone bridge, right? If you uh-huh. make it all the way across, you can skip to three five, and you get an extra life. Ooh. Oh yeah, and three da- that's and that's very useful because three four is like this wild ice stage with a lot of enemies shooting arrows. Oh so yeah, it's, a, it's 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 such a reward for getting across that bone bridge. <laughs> uh, so, but the funny thing is three two. If you don't make it across the bone bridge, you go to the bottom of like an ocean or something, and that's the stage. That's it. It's like well. <laughs> You didn't make it, so here's two more stages <laughs> that you have to get through. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of unique and cheeky of the game. Yeah. The mo, yeah, the uh, let's see, the the meat animation of his head head exploding, kind of like um, I think it's curry in later games, and it gets real oh. spicy. Or no, <laughs> I think it's curry in the Japanese version, and it's a big meat chunk in the American version. <clears throat> Um, the most goofy animation is definitely how Bonk uses his teeth and he has this wild grin to climb yeah. up walls. Yeah. And waterfalls, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what you use to, like, climb walls and such. It's yeah. really, it's really goofy. Very, very odd. Yeah, every, every, everything in the game is, is goofy. Um, a lot, a lot of facial animations, uh, a lot of weird tongue-in-cheek um, by the bosses after you beat them, they have those same like skull. Uh, what's the word? Um, mind oh. control things on them, and they always just like, "You saved me. You're the best, Bonk." But they yeah. have some weird line instead of that. It's like <laughs> Bonk on or something, and go well, Bonk, you're so handsome. Yeah. <laughs> go Bonk yourself. <laughs> <laughs> smurf, Smurf. Yeah. yeah, I believe there's only five stages in total, so I got I got pretty far. I got I got pretty stuck on on four one and two. That's where oh, I got yeah. stuck. Yeah, I, I like the cartoony style of everything, but one thing that was a sticking point for me was the moon. The outline and parallaxing of it is isn't very well done. Doesn't really feel like the moon is in the sky. It feels like it's right there, like some kind of airship. <laughs> what an odd thing to pick out, but okay. <laughs> 
Hey, I no, know it's, these it's things. It's massive. It's massive. It's like taking up half the screen. <laughs> yeah. But the way it's animated, it doesn't feel like it's in the sky. It feels like it's just right above your head. <laughs> well, that's 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 a, that's a good example of what the PC Engine was capable of. They were able to parallax, parallax a couple screens. Ah, oh, yeah. Um, so it was, it was that good definition of of um that Nintendo to Super Nintendo period. Oh yeah. Of this is what where the technology was. I, it's got a, every all, all the PC engine games have a have a very unique um picture to it all because of that. Yeah, that's true. The Especially background Alex, music Alex no, Alex Kid was Master System, so that's what it reminded me of. So you oh, should yeah. know that. Yeah. Yeah, the the background more music I... than Alex Kid. <clears throat> I felt the background music was a little repetitive. I don't think the loops went any longer than, say, twenty seconds. Although I do like yeah, the music, I do like the music that plays when you're in invincible mode. It sounds like accordion polka on fast forward. Accordion polka. Oh, yeah. Okay. It really does. Sure. Why not? <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong. Just uh, sure. That is funny. That's that's quite the comparison. Weird Al. Thank you, so Weird proud. Al Yankovic. Yeah, I was gonna say Weird Al is so proud of Colin right now. <laughs> so, but, yeah, so so Bonk is is pretty strange, but it's 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 strange in a nice little unique, unique way from a lot of platformers of the time. Um, it's very fun to play. Uh, it gets a pass from me. Same here. Yep, agree. All right, good platformer. Well, Kevin, your you got the next pick. Kabuki, Kabuki Quantum Fighter. Oh, it's based off the anime. There is no anime. I made that up. Uh, <laughs> Kabuki Quantum Fighter for NES. Super, super weird, unique. Okay, how do I describe the story of this game? You wrote it, didn't you? Let me look at your notes. I did, I did uh, write thank it. Thank you, because uh, guess what? I couldn't understand the story. All right. You you are a Kabuki dancer that fights with your large hair as you are sucked into a computer to stop a... It got cut off. Honestly, I couldn't follow the story for my fucking life, so I'm glad you wrote this right now. To stop a virus. Excuse me? <laughs> so, yeah, the game was very similar to Ninja Gaiden. Um, a lot of hair-whipping mechanic, but more than Ninja Gaiden, I feel like this was HAL Labs... Uh, oh, it's developed by HAL Labs, by the way. It's kind of their take. I felt like more like Batman on NES. Yeah, Batman I, on the NES. Yeah, I feel like this game was really, really similar to that. Almost like they kind of got direct inspiration from that. Oh, hey, look, you just wrote that background sprite work reminded me of batman it's like i read yeah. or something like that <laughs> this, yeah no honestly when it's I almost playing... like we played it pretty recently on the podcast oh yeah shit, man you're right <laughs> yeah no uh, it's a really really difficult platformer i think um more than batman even it reminds me of shantae at least for yeah. game color you got a That's lot of what, hair that attacks. was my thoughts exactly yeah, but like, um, well, I this is one of the few videos I actually did like a review for YouTube when I cared about YouTube, um, <laughs> and the whole time all I thought about was like, it was Shantae, and this game is just weird, and this story makes like if I just played this game like as most people did as NES games, like oh you're a Kabuki going around doing platforming stuff, whatever, but it's all about like the future and reliving your ancestors' memories. Oh, Assassin's Creed too. Look at that through a, a computer simulation. Why uh, two? The first one did that. No, I just I meant Assassin's Creed in general. I mean, <laughs> you like, specifically said uh, two. Which well, I meant T O T O O. Okay, okay. Grammar. 
Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd say I'd compare it more to Tron than anything else. Or Tron. Yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah, okay. Tron. Tron is what it stuck out to me, but I, yeah. I definitely see both of you, both of you guys. What yeah, you're saying. super weird game. I love this platformer. It's it got it actually went up in price recently because it's it's very underrated. I would say yeah. I feel like this is a platformer in NES like nobody talks about. I don't know how you guys felt about it. Yeah, it's okay. All right so, then. <laughs> I mean, the character in the real world is not a kabuki guy, but he ends up taking the form of it when he gets converted into data and goes into the computer system because apparently his great great grandfather was a famous kabuki actor. Sure, That's why not? Works, yeah. <laughs> Your grandpa also uh ran a bunch of taco stands? Not kabuki. <laughs> I love this game. Yeah, so it uh it was developed by Human Entertainment. Another one. So Human. if you remember from our spooky horror episode, that was the same developer that made Clock Tower. Yeah, ah, that's right. They did, huh? Yeah, published by Hal Labs, which is the Kirby company. Uh-huh. Um, released Japan December twenty first, nineteen ninety. North America January nineteen ninety one, and in Europe February nineteen ninety two. Well, so up another another good example of Europe getting the game like a year or two later, dude. Yeah. Guys, this game's going up in price. I just went to look it up. Uh, I bought this for seven dollars in my local store. The average running is now like twenty to thirty dollars. Oh wow, seventeen, seventeen. That's what you bought it for? No, that's oh. what it goes for. It's what it's price charting. Oh, I'm at. just looking, I'm looking at eBay sold those things right now. Yeah, price charting has it at seventeen. Son of a bitch. Uh, yeah, it has the same kind of layout as uh, Ninja Gaiden, as I would put it, with your with all the health bars and pegs. Uh, even the jumping mechanic felt very Ninja Gaiden-esque, but instead of wall jumping, you have a lot of these platforms that you swing up. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot so of it that. has this down... It has, like, a lot of the levels is left to right, and then you go... Um, then you go up a level, and then you go right to left up again it does a lot of that kind of stuff so that's how you proceed i thought for the most part the hit detection felt a little weird never you mind the plot and the premise is super strange yeah (laughs) the plot in nes game strange what yeah well i mean a kabuki sucked into a computer tron style to stop a virus so yep (laughs) and keep the nuclear holocaust from happening right because oh yeah that's that's right yeah that's that is exactly how it works. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought the hit detection with the with the hair mechanic was a little bit off because the hair, when you press a button and he whips the hair, it's at a diagonal. So like Shantae was kind of straight out, and it, and you had a duck mechanic, you know, for low enemies. While this one was just it was just this weird diagonal motion, and yeah. instead of like any sort of screen flash, it was just a you would you would hit it, and if you'd hit the enemy you would barely be able to notice that you actually did anything to it. Uh, boss battles would have a so- sort of flash to it, but regular enemies, they would just kind of poof into a circle. Yeah. So if you were off, then they just wouldn't die, but you'd think you'd hit them. Uh, so yeah. I had I, that took a lot of getting used to. Not great game-breaking, but just you know, kind of a quality-of-life uh, deal that could have been fixed. Uh we mentioned that the background and sprite work uh, reminded me of Batman. Played a lot, you know, played a lot with those dark and purple colors. I didn't think it was as detailed as Batman, though. No, no, this is way no. less 
Oh, it's simpler than Batman, but I kind of like this game more. Hmm, why is that? I don't know, just more unique. I don't know, maybe I played Batman too much. It could just be but you're not. But you're not Batman. <laughs> okay, I'm Kabuki Man. I'm Batman! <laughs> I'm Kabuki Man! <laughs> That's like the worst Batman-like sidekick ever. Kabuki Man! <laughs> <laughs> Kabuki, Kabuki Man, dance for me! <laughs> Kabuki Man! Oh, uh, we got Kabuki slightly man. racist. That's my Bane impression. I thought the bo- I thought the boss battles in this was was really lame. Yeah, they were, they were kind of boring. Like the first couple are these simple like ninja sprites jumping around, and again the hit detection just didn't really detect with me. Or maybe <laughs> the fact it. that you were you, reliving his memories, you couldn't exactly remember what the enemy was, so they just went with like a ninja, I guess. Mm. Must have been a ninja, guys. He's Japanese. Well, part Japanese, anyway. Uh, part Japanese, part Kabuki. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how I like this chip system. Uh, they're like shurikens. You know, you get you get a limited amount in the levels. Uh, they refill uh, upon each level completion. Um, you can upgrade the chips and switch between them. Uh, I think you get a fireball at one point, if I remember correctly. Uh yeah, it's sort of Castlevania-esque but... in that sense. Hmm? Sort of like Castlevania in that sense. Uh, yeah, but in Castlevania you collect hearts, and that determines how much you can use the secondary weapon. Yeah. In this case, you just you just have this limited amount. Oh, yeah. And it has a very limited range, despite being something you throw. Yeah, I thought for sure there were some items you could pick up to replenish them. Yeah, but there guess... was, it was if very few and far between. It's kind of the yeah, that's there. true. Um, so it felt like you just you couldn't use them. You had to use them in like uh, just a specific section on a level. Hopefully, you gain a little bit back for the boss battle because if you don't have any chips going to the boss battle, you're probably gonna die every time. Yeah, for sure. That's kind of where I had an issue with it because I got I got to level. Four, uh, which would be the boss that it was like a robot that would go on ceiling. So it was your first. It was my. First, it was the first instance of not a jumpy ninja going around. And be, while he's on the ceiling, you can't attack, and he has or it has uh, like little drones that come out and they do damage to you, and they're like really small and impossible to hit. Uh. So, to me, that that particular boss was sort of game break, like not not totally game breaking, but it was definitely made in that specific point to cause you to not beat the game as quick as you were. It was just one of those very obvious things. So, and you only get two continues to complete all six levels. So you're almost you're over that halfway point, and then the game just kind of goes, "All right, we're getting really tough here." Kind of the contra effect. I felt <laughs> really a NES game effect, honestly. Yeah, basically any NES. You're winning. We gotta put a stop to this right now. <laughs> so it was, it was definitely unique and kind of odd. That's for sure. Uh, especially with the whole your Kabuki Warrior thing. Um, Kabuki Warrior. I think it's. I think it's. I th- yeah, I, Kevin. I think you're right. It's 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 not a game many people have played, and I think it's worth a try. Definitely worth trying. Yeah, try. yeah so you, those we've are my made thoughts on it. We've made comparisons to uh, Ninja Gaiden and Batman 
in this, but I also want to point out the visuals also heavily remind me of the first Mega Man. Why is that? I, I don't know. That's just the vibe I get from the visuals. Unique just... comparison. Hmm. But that's purely a visual. I didn't, rem- I didn't remember gameplay. any of the music in this game, though. No, not very much. I didn't remember it, but I do remember it was enjoyable to listen to. At the very least, it wasn't irritating. That's a good start. <laughs> that's a start. <laughs> I didn't I don't remember it. the music, but I wasn't annoyed, so that's a good plus. <laughs> Side note, I was another podcast I was listening to. They, uh, one guy was asked to give his impressions on Red Dead. He's like, I'm not offended that it exists. And they were go, okay, great. That told us a whole lot. That's kind of how I felt about your music review. I'm not offended by it. Well, I didn't hate it. (laughs) Good. Good game? Good game. Pass. I give it a pass. Sick. It gets... It gets a barely pass. Fuck you. I think it's worth checking out. (laughs) I don't think it's great by any means. No, but it's fine. It's fine. Alright, next game, Kevin. You want to know ever... You like Disney? Yeah, you like Disney? I've heard yeah. of Disney. You like you like Donald Duck? Yeah, sure. You, you like pants. You like Donald Duck's <laughs> alter ego, Ma- Maui Mallard? You ever heard of him? Who? Yeah, he's okay. He's no Darkwing Duck. <laughs> Ma- Maui Mallard, you know. But the that's not the other... Donald. No, it's Donald. Shut up. No, I mean Darkwing it, Duck is not Donald. It, no, that's no, what no. I said. He's no Darkwing Duck. Yeah. Okay. You ever heard of Maui Mallard, huh? Oh yeah, you ever heard of Cold ads. Cold Shadow? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. there you haven't. Don't fucking lie to me. Nobody's heard of this. <laughs> it is a. You've heard of Cold Shadow before this? Yeah, there was... I hadn't heard the game before. No, I've never heard of him before this. Um, so essentially, it's Donald Duck dressed up as Maui Mallard who goes on a vacation to a very spooky mansion. I couldn't figure out why he was here. By the way, I don't know if that was in the story, the opening. Uh, it intro. was. It was. I. Yeah. I, don't, I skipped it. So I guess I have it written down too on the agenda. Well, I can't <laughs> read. <laughs> wow, the American education system is worse than yeah. I thought. Ha! <laughs> Visiting a tropical island, the mysterious Shabulum Shabulum idol goes missing. Shaboom Shaboom, consider the island's native guardian spirit, and unless the idol is recovered, the whole island. Damn it, it's cut off. I can't read, J.D. Will explode. All right, it'll blow up. Let's go with that. So essentially, <laughs> Maui Mallard goes to the island to save the idol. In his travels, he... Who, uh, I forget who turns him into a ninja. Some weird genie thing turns him into a ninja. The game's fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it that way. It's Donald Duck playing as Maui Mallard, playing as a ninja. And a yep. weird, weird Disney platformer that, believe it or not, is now redconned by Disney. They don't want to relive any of this. They're yeah, it's redconned. Yeah, they don't. They don't want Donald Duck portrayed as a ninja because they feel he's too violent. Yeah, that this the oh. North, the North American version actually, <laughs> it's not actually Donald Duck. It's just a standalone character, Maui Mallard, who becomes right. Cold Shadow. I think so. I wrote that down. I think it's omitted because okay. So here, here's the uh, here's here's how weird the development and publishment system was and Mm -hmm. its release. Okay. Okay. So developed by Disney Interactive for the Sega Genesis version. Uh Developed by Eurocom, which is a British company, for the Super Nintendo version. Okay. Ah. Follow me so far. However, it was published in uh, the EU 
by the Sega company, so Disney, which is an American company. Yeah. <laughs> Tech Toy in Brazil for the Genesis, which is a Brazilian company <laughs> in Brazil, so that kind of made sense. Um, but Capcom published it in Japan, mm-hmm. and Nintendo published it in North America I thought for the Super did. Nintendo. Totally makes sense. I can I keep thought, track of that. Wait, I thought Virgin Interactive did it in America. Nope. Well, okay, I'll Nintendo. go myself. Yeah. So the European company with the Nintendo of America uh, published it in America. Nice. <laughs> and the Sega companies by the American developer published it in Europe. <laughs> so, and this is a case where it came out in Brazil first, Europe second in December 95, the Super Nintendo in North America in 97. So we got it last. Europe in Japan got it in late 96. <laughs> you getting all this? Totally not confusing. Totally not confusing at all. Just super <laughs> weird development publishment cycle. I don't know what was going on. I imagine it had to do with uh, Disney and the rights. It had oh, to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, so it was just all over the place. So this, yeah, this game is really weird that it even exists, honestly. Yeah. The yeah. the game itself also weird. Not exactly the the mm, tightest controls, I guess I'd say. Donald Duck is very kind of stuck in his animations, where like if you use step, he has to take a certain like animation cycle or turning around. His sprites very wide, so like kind it of get, feel overly animated. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but once you get kind of used to how he works and the the jump and attack buttons are kind of backwards. Also yep. didn't really help, but like once you get around it and you kind of sink into this game, it's just so weird that I had to keep playing it. It's just it's so strange that like the, there's a Disney character being portrayed as a a, a killing machine, for lack of a better word. I don't know. I don't know how you guys felt about it. Part platformer or shooter, I guess. Part action platformer, using your bow staff to get around these temples and. Stretching across, getting in fights with other duck ninjas who are mysteriously unnamed. Half action platformer, half run and gun. Yeah, I guess that's the word. A lot of bugs that give you powers for your gun. That was also kind of fun. But you don't become a ninja right away, which is something I didn't remember in this game uh, when I was younger. I remember going right into ninja mode, but as I started playing this, I was like, I know, where where does he become a ninja? I thought it was really quick. But it's. No. It's it's way later. Yeah, it's technically in the second, uh, I guess the second chapter, but like there's a bunch of stages that split up a chapter. Yeah. So I remember, yeah, so I remember being second level, but I was like, fuck, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And then. Yeah, the way the game describes it is um, it separates into levels. So the opposite of the way Bonk did it, where it Mm -hmm. was stage one dash two, this was level one dash two. Right. That makes, yeah. It's just the, the. the words are, are switched around, but there'd be like three or four stages to, to go through before completing a full level, uh, which could run anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes per level. Mm-hmm. Uh, each stage goes five to seven, eight-ish, depending on if you know where to go. Yeah, you get you can get lost in this game pretty easily. Yeah, because it's not it's not a linear game at all. No. It's it's very wander until you find the exit, which is generally at the top right. Yeah. 
So you gotta make your way over there, or at least try to find your way over there. Yeah. Yeah, you guys say you've you've never heard of this game until now, but I I remember as a well, I remember as a kid, it was I would always see this magazine ad for it. I can't remember if it was in Archie Comics or Sports Illustrated for kids, but Mm-hmm. Shows an image of Cold Shadow looking badass, and the ad says in big letters, "He's not a duck. He's a SWAT team with feathers." <laughs> and that's somehow cool. that stu- somehow that's stuck in my SWAT mind. SWAT team with feathers. I yeah, like that. yeah. I never actually got to play it until now. Yeah, I remember um, my brother when we had like a a nice Microsoft. I think it must have been ninety five. I don't think it was DOS. But I remember playing this on PC, and that was the first way we played this game. And I don't remember if it was an official PC release, because I don't think there was. So I think it was, like, the first time we ever used a Super Nintendo emulator. Oh, yeah. We were running out of PC. I think maybe, like, one of his friends at school tried to show him. But try to play this game on a keyboard, by the way. It's not easy. (laughs) Yeah. This is not a game. I imagine not, because the controls felt pretty slippery and floaty. So, um... This reminded me of a few games in one and didn't nail any of those few games. Okay. So I thought the changing of the left to right motion, uh, like you said, Kevin, is kind of stuck in animation. But it felt like the whole screen would shift. Yeah. There's always a cartoony whoosh sound whenever you turn it all Yeah, it was always this whoosh, and it, it just like snaps the camera left or right, depending on what direction you're going. And... And uh, as Kevin goes through some ca- technical difficulties, he will be in the background. Um, but yeah, it, it just like was the super jarring thing, and I actually like felt a little sick as that was happening. Oh yeah, yeah, because hmm. that left to right snap motion that it would do when it would be stuck in animation, it just what? it would just whoosh, and I'd go whoa, okay. And if I'd whoosh left again too fast, then that's what that's what would, like shift my. It, it felt like my eyes were being taken from me kind of deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is weird because I play a lot of VR games and that those don't re- really make me sick until, you know, after an hour or two playing them. Uh, this immediately made me go, whoa, okay, hold on, Barfy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I didn't like the screen shifting. Uh, makes every movement just way too fast with the character. Um, the jumping mechanic... Uh, as floaty as it did, I felt like they that they were going for the Aladdin type. <laughs> I felt like they were going for the Aladdin type feel with how that game jumped, but it came off as more Earthworm Jim. But because oh, of that yeah. snap motion that was happening, it wasn't as smooth and unique as Earth, Earthworm Jim, because yeah. Earthworm Jim's felt would would float to the screen, and the screen would the screen would gently go up with him this one was just jump whoa wham just it the, the screen jumps I, I hated the screen shifting in this game that it was that was actually game breaking oh yeah because i just couldn't I, I i couldn't play it without kind of like taking a break after every every uh stage basically um i thought the sh- shooting mechanic was interesting interesting enough with all the different uh ammo aka bugs uh yeah. I didn't like how level one you're Maui, level two you're Cold Shadow. Then, um, because of how long it took for each of those characters to come into come into play, 
it just dragged on. I was like, okay, here's another stage on Maui, and I'm going stage to stage to stage, and I'm just wandering around doing the same thing, and then I'm finally Cold Shadow, the whole point of your playing the game. And you switch back and forth. You can switch back and forth, but you have to collect the needed amount of transformation tokens yeah. uh, throughout levels, and it does reset after each time you complete a level, so you can't just be Cold Shadow the whole time, which was more fun. I guess. Uh, I guess. See, I like the the shooting mechanic of of um, Maui Mallard or Donald. Yeah. But that snap motion that went with them, I just couldn't do it. So if I was ever him, I couldn't play the game. So, but I didn't really get a lot of that as oh, jarring yeah. when I was Cold Shadow because of the whole you had the pull and the snap motion of the pull when it would. Uh, when it would uh, connect to each wall, and that's how you would jump up to a new one. For some reason, when the camera would keep up with them, it wasn't as as bad. Ah, it was yeah. still noticeable, but it wasn't as bad for me. Uh, you know, the I'm okay with games being non-linear at times. Take Earthworm Jim. That's not very uh, that's not very linear. Uh, that that has you explore levels, but. Um, this one isn't so much you get lost, it's just mu- too much of the same. Oh, yeah. It doesn't feel like you're progressing in a level, it just feels like you're just going through a Scooby-Doo-like hallway and there's just a bunch of doors, and you just keep getting to the same place. Yeah, That's I'm, what it feels like. I'm disappointed you didn't like it so much. <laughs> uh, it does have a nice little password system, but you only get this little password system if you complete the the, the kooky little bonus stage where you're jumping on stars and clouds yeah. you have to activate little rockets that's why i recommend so, the uh, save state method yeah yeah well or you look up the passwords also that <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what i did whenever i would get i would die or get tired of a stage i would i would okay skip cuz that's what oh, ended yeah. up happening i ended up skipping uh, uh, so that reminded me of crash bandicoot with the with the password system used um the plot was just super weak. It didn't really go into it at all. Uh, but hey, you know, it's a 16-pick game. A um, little bit too repetitive and wandering. Switching is neat. The need for tokens, I thought, was kind of unnecessary. Ah, uh, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a neat little mechanic. But but yeah, the, uh, the, the camera motion in the game was game-breaking for me. I just couldn't play it. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The game looks incredibly bright and beautiful and lots of colors and everything's animated and looks really good yeah there's there's actually some pretty funny idle animations for maui mallard most of the time it's just him pulling out a map scroll and looking at it but one animation shows him twirling his gun and juggling it only for it to fall on the ground and fire black goop all over him (laughs) (laughs) that was pretty funny now one thing that threw me off a bit was that your health is represented as a number just underneath the number of lives you have on the screen. I mean, couldn't it yeah, just kind of like a, Earthworm Jim? Couldn't it just be a health bar? I mean, that would be a little more immediately comprehensible, especially if there's a lot going on on screen. <laughs> and for some reason, ducking down, ha, get it? <laughs> yeah, right. Duck allows for an increased rate of fire as Maui Mallard. And his weapon shoots green globs of something. I'm just going to imagine it's mint-flavored ice cream. Ectoplasm. Mm, the guts <laughs> of the bug, probably. I think or that's just, what they're going that, for. Or just plain old sense. snot. <laughs> <clears throat> now. Can't be guts of the bug. 
<laughs> I'd really do like Cold Shadows. I did like character. how the I did like how the beetle was its main weapon, and it re- automatically refilled. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was nice. Yeah, I, I felt like it. The game also played a bit like Earthworm Jim in that you can like swing with your staff, similar to how Jim Wolf whip out his worm body and hook onto stuff. Yeah, but the swing mechanic, it, it was it was odd with the with the little extendo pole you had, the stick, where yeah. it had a you know similar similar to uh, Mister Kabuki Warrior that we just sp- spoke about when you put it in front of you. It was at too much of a diagonal, mm-hmm. so if you'd swing at enemies, you would always swing over them. And oh, it, yeah. and in the jumping mechanic, uh, you would always swing again over those little, um, I guess skulls throughout the levels. That's what they look like, but I I know they're just hooks essentially. Duck skulls. Yeah, it was. It's cool in concept, but finicky in execution. Yeah, it didn't. It's it didn't go. Well. Get... I I missed. I I missed missed them most of the time. Yeah, it's hard to get it to connect. And mm. there's a lot of times where I landed on platforms clearly with my both feet, but ended up falling through them. That caused me to rage a lot. And the combat yeah, itself. Yeah, the game the game has a lot of the game has a lot of bugs. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. <laughs> combat itself isn't particularly satisfying either. It's sort of the same problem I have with Golden Axe in that you see the hits connect, but you don't really feel like they connect. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the hit detection can be a little finicky there too. So yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I want to give. It I was a pass. Ho- I was going into this. Ho- yeah, I want to give it a pass. It's not getting one though. I want. I went into this hoping for something like Aladdin or even I think Quackshot is the other Donald Duck game I've played. Oh yeah. Uh, this was better than Quackshot. Yeah, it's... Well, the difference is I could actually play Quackshot. Oh, I play you, this. sir. Those are fighting I, words. I couldn't play those without being sick. Fighting words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can give this a pass either. It's not Quack. as fun as I hoped it would be, which really sucks because I've been wanting to play this for years. There's a Game Boy version you can try. Yeah. I wonder how that would play. Hmm. Should, so, the game goes for about 20 bucks. On all consoles, so it's not the most expensive thing in the world. Very affordable. Ah, yeah, worth it. I like it. <laughs> I might be talking out of nostalgia, but uh, games probably. I like it. Alrighty, Colin, let's get on to your pick. Alrighty, first on the menu is Grim Fandango. Originally for PC and later re-released as a remaster on the PS Vita and PlayStation 4 and a few other systems. It actually just came out on the Switch, like, last week. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I saw that. So it's on everything now. Yeah. So this was developed and published by LucasArts and released on October 28th, 1998. Written and directed by Tim Schafer, who also did Full Throttle, Psychonauts, which we mentioned earlier, Brutal Legend, and Broken Age. And he was the assistant designer on Secret of Monkey Island. Now, this game got a lot of praise from critics back when it came out, but it didn't sell very well, which was a big Sounds like a Tim Schafer game. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, it was a big contributing factor to Adventure Games' decline at the time. Hmm. And I've been wanting to play this one for a long time. Much like with uh, with Oddworld, it was something I saw an ad for in PC Gamer. And given it's gotten so much praise over time and is considered a cult classic, I never got to play it, but now I did, and I enjoyed it. The reason, the reason I, I usually veto PC picks uh, for the cast, but the reason why... I let this one go is because truthfully I wanted Psychonauts. Oh yeah. But it doesn't qualify as retro yet, but what? since yes, it's by it the same since it's by the same guy, it's going to have that same kind of uh weird and strange and uniqueness to it. Yeah. Which I thought plus, would be good to talk about. Plus the remaster is really just a graphical upgrade. Every, everything else about it is basically the same. Yeah, if you get, let's see, I I have the Vita and Steam version, and uh, there's a button you can click to switch between remastered and the original, and there's you can hardly tell the difference. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> but I I had a lot of trouble with my Vita version of this because for whatever reason at points it would just freeze, and I had to restart my system. I heard that's common actually. Yeah, it's version. unfortunate, but I still enjoyed the game enough to power through it. Now, within the first two to three minutes, we instantly understand everything we need to know about the premise in the world. Mm -hmm. Main character, Manny Calavera, who's basically a Grim Reaper. Notice I said a Grim Reaper, not the one. Right. He's stuck working off a post-mortem debt by working as a travel agent for recently deceased souls who need to make a four-year journey to the land of eternal rest. And that's sort of based off of Aztec afterlife lore. Right. And the better the life they led, or the more money they were buried with, (laughs) the better the travel package they can get, whether by going (laughs) by sports car or a cruise liner or bullet train. But unfortunately, Manny only seems to get clients who can't afford any of those. So he has to give things like... Or they were pieces of shit in the previous life, and they don't (laughs) qualify for the the proper travel packages. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So he has to give things like a cane with a compass built in or putting them in a casket with packing foam to be shipped out. (laughs) (laughs) And thus, whatever debt gets paid off in the process ranges from negligible to non-existent. Although we find out later there's more going on under the surface with the company he works for to to make that happen. And now that is how you introduce a game. Concise dialogue, showing without telling where possible, and establishing the main character's lot in life without delving into a flashback. Although that may be due to Manny's amnesia about the sin he committed to force him into the job. The convenient plot point amnesia. (laughs) And it's a very quirky premise, what with the afterlife being run like a bureaucracy slash mob business. <laughs> yeah, when that started happening, I was like, "Hell yeah!" Now we got some film noir style thing going on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah, really lo- like- lots of immediate uh, comedy that goes along with a lot of the Lucas Arts point and click adventures. Um, luckily, if if you don't like point and click adventures, there's a free roam mechanic that's built into it now. Oh yeah, you just hold down a button, you can run with the character just along yeah. areas. So that was really nice to play with. Absolutely, yeah. Funny, so it'd be uh, right. It'd be much more palatable for you, Kevin. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Tried it. Nope. Ah. Uh, 
Too Kevin bad. doesn't like puzzles. He doesn't like no. Thinking. I don't. I don't like point and clicks. I find them boring. It's not a point and click anymore because it's you can a, roam. Okay, it's a walk and look at stupid puzzles that make no sense. I don't like these games. <laughs> Actually, these puzzles made perfect sense in this game. That's what made it so enjoyable. Didn't like it. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I watched Coco recently, one of oh, the yeah, latest Pixar movie. movies, and a lot of what goes mm-hmm. on in this game matches what happens in the movie. In fact, there's a bit with a balloon animal guy complaining that his carpal tunnel syndrome is acting up. Manny points out he doesn't have tendons, and the guy says, "You don't have a tongue, but that doesn't shut you up, does it?" <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of that comedy. And then that's similar to a gag in Coco, where a clerk in the land of the dead, where everyone's a skeleton, starts sneezing because of a dog allergy, and the main p- character points out the dog doesn't have fur, and the cur- clerk replies, "And I don't have a nose, and yet here we are." Yachu! <laughs> got him another game with pre-rendered backgrounds uh, yeah so just like Oddworld holds up just fine visually mm-hmm. yeah and the visual style is pretty very unique everyone's a skeleton and let's see there was <laughs> a there was a oh. few puzzles that were really bad um but the game okay so first off the game does an interesting thing with the character model where as the character is walking around the room uh his head his skeleton head will specifically look at things to that you need to interact with and learn about yeah yeah uh, so you walk in walking by this you send it looks like a pipe it's actually like the male um you know, yeah. like at banks, they have the, the the pneumatic mail tube. Yeah, yeah. Well, as you're walking by it, his head will turn and specifically look at that one thing. So you go, oh, what's he looking at? Click the button. He interacts with it. It's like, you really got to pay attention to that kind of stuff in this game. There's a couple instances where uh, you can easily miss, you know, what he's looking at because it's very specific. Uh, the first one was... Um, you you figure out a way to break the like computer system and this which reminded me of the ratchet and clank plumber he's down he's down there fixing what's broken and you're talking to him well as you walk up to talk to him uh manny looks at the door and i didn't think twice about it yeah yeah and, the same thing and so then he fixes the th- the, the plumber guy fixes the thing mechanic <coughs> closes the door and it locks, and you go, what the hell am I supposed to do? And you look up a walkthrough, oh shit. Yeah, I was that was my to experience. latch the door, so then when it closes, it's not locked. So you have to actually, that's that's a good example of um, a Sierra thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> so if you're familiar with point-and-click adventures, Sierra was kind of the, the big company at the time with LucasArts. Well, Sierra had a lot of things where if you wouldn't save... Uh, the things like this would occur that would make you have to restart wherever your last save was. Um, uh, so think of like you died kind of thing. No, See, you, there's there's actually a way that you can re-break the machine after it gets fixed and then actually do the door latch thing again. Oh, you can just go up to the um, the packing foam area and just do it again? Yeah, just get like a couple of more send deflate- the send the balloon animals. Yeah, a couple yeah. Of more deflated balloons from the, the balloon animal guy, and then you can fill them up again with the the packing foam stuff. 
and yeah. then I found it, it faster again. just to reload. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Because then I already I already had all the balloons and everything. Yeah. 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 Uh, the other instance that bothered me was okay. Well, I also I missed I missed the hole puncher on the desk. I didn't even oh, know yeah. that was a hole puncher. Um, because you need that to uh, stop the. Uh, stop the mail from going through the tube in that room. And the one that annoyed me the most was definitely you're in this forest labyrinth. So I mentioned Scooby-Doo doors and you keep going back to the same hallway. Yeah, this is a, yeah. This is an area of trees uh, that you go through the tree trunks and you just keep being popped out the other side. Yeah, I so remember that. What the that. fuck am I supposed to do here? Because I went to interact with this sign on that level. And he goes, I can't lift it out of the ground. So I'm like, okay, he can't lift it out of the ground. So I go to the forest and I go, oh, I keep c- coming out the other side or these other ends. So I figured there was like a pattern to it where wherever it would point me out, I would just go directly across until I'd come across. Nope. So then uh-huh. I went back to the sign to think that maybe it would point me in a different direction where to go. So then it spun, pointed me to the forest. I go, okay, go back there. I took the sign again. So then I ran all the way with the sign to the labyrinth forest, and it just kept spinning. No yeah. matter what I would do. So then I looked up a walkthrough online of it, and you just have to fuck around with it until you get to a certain specific point in that uh, area, and you lay it down, and then it'll have this um, secret passageway unlocked. I was like, that is stupid. That was the one I hated the most. And yeah. that was that's near the end of Act 1, which is where I stopped playing. There's three acts, and it's a long game. I, I went into it we were talking about this prior. I went into it thinking it was like a six-hour game, and it's actually like twice that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was annoying for me too. It's like yeah, I did that's... I did my very best to not look up a walkthrough, and there was only three instances that I had to do it. Ah, it was yeah. the hole punch. It was the door latch because I I was hoping that I didn't have to either do all that again, or I could just like find the dude and ask him in some way. And that tree, the uh, the tree place, yeah, the tree yeah. forest, yeah. I I really like this game's sense of humor. It's like there's there's actually some funny trophies you can get in the remastered version. Like if you're trying to log into your rival's computer, mm-hmm. you get a silver trophy for guessing arrogant fraud. <laughs> <laughs> So even and, the trophies got got updated with some humor. That's pretty funny. I, and, I did notice a couple of them when I was playing on my uh, on the Steam version. Yeah, and if you try to scare some pigeons away with a Robert Frost balloon animal, you get a bronze trophy that says "Run, you pigeons! It's Robert Frost." I did that too. I I, I thought I thought man, it's point and click adventure game. It's always like the dumbest things that solve the puzzles sometimes. So I was like, okay, the dog won't scare him, or the dingo. I was like, Robert Frost pigeons robert frost and then i then that trophy came up like ah, i was thinking the same thing but it's actually just put the bread in the, uh put put a balloon animal in the bowl and put bread over it so then when the birds eat it they'll pop the balloon and scare the piss out of them so I was like all right yeah i wish yeah, it was man. just robert frost <laughs> yeah yeah that would have been so funny <laughs> yeah i really but yeah like the, the-, the humor in the game is really good yeah, and it's got really good voice acting like too. 
Each character has sounds unique, has their own charm and personality, and the dialogue itself is very witty and sarcastic and has great delivery. I really liked it. I what's key about these ga- these kind of games are are the puzzles aren't impossible. You just have to kind of think logically about everything and this game does a very good job about that. For sure. Like I never had a single issue except with the Labyrinth Forest solving a puzzle. Uh-huh. Uh because everything just kind of clicks. It co- it comes to your mind immediately. Okay. How am I going to Well, okay. Wait a minute. There was one instance with a a uh, a viewpoint because everything kind of has that fixed cameras. Yeah. Um going through hallways and rooms. When you go to the bottom level of your office building, the camera oh, does yeah. a flip motion and you don't see that you can actually go right. Yeah. And that's where the um server room was. Yeah, that was that was very obtuse. It just looked like a straight line. It looked like a wall. And so I never tried to go right because I thought it was a wall. So I went left. It's like, okay, so that's where that area is. But the camera flipped, and it clearly shows that there's something over there. So here I'm thinking way too much about it. I go, well, maybe that's just, like, behind me when I turn left. But then I'm, I'm like, visually in my head flipped around in there. And so... Uh, I was actually streaming the beginning of this game online, and someone goes, no, 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 you can go right. I was like, but there's nothing right. It's a wall. He goes, not a wall. Oh. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> there's a whole room there. <laughs> Pretty stupid. Uh, yeah. All right, Mr. Kevin, Mr. I don't like point-and-click adventures, even though the whole point-and-click aspect of the game was taken away and improved upon. What did you <laughs> think of Grim Fandango? <laughs> Did you even play it for 10 minutes? <laughs> I think I got two 10 minutes. I was like, well, I tried it. <laughs> this is boring me. I don't know, man. I'm that doesn't sound you. like trying it to me. All right. Well, I did my part. <laughs> I don't like these games. I'm sorry. I tried. I went like, yep, that's oh, okay. Move. I just don't, man. I'm sorry. I tried. and I just can't get into these. I think you need to play this with somebody. I think that'll I think that'll change your mind about about it eventually. <laughs> uh, maybe. All right, it gets an easy pass for me. Same here. Between this and Oddworld, those are the two games I'm gonna go back and uh, and finish. Same, absolutely. Maybe <clears throat> Kevin. Second game and last game on our list, Colin. Agenda, if you will. On our agenda. Last but not least, Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg on GameCube. Oh, I've been waiting to play this on the podcast for over a year. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, this one just barely qualifies for our cutoff point. It's finally qualified for the cut. Yeah, yeah, I'm so happy. Can we get the the generation, the cutoff point yet? (laughs) I don't think so. The what? A generation like the, cutoff? The, like, like the PS2 generation. There's so many games on a pick that like we're not allowed to pick. But they'll come in time. <laughs> no, yeah. oh, it's so lame. <laughs> <laughs> I could have played Psychonauts, but you're like, no, it's not 14 and a half years old yet. Fifteen. Shut your mouth. I know what I said. <laughs> <laughs> well, we played Grim Fandango instead. It was by the same yeah, guy. And you played that... Psychonauts anyways, and we got to talk about it. That was different reasons. Also, game's still not good. Anyway, go on. 
<laughs> you just hate Tim Schafer. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I like Costume Quest, but go on. Oh, boy. Anyway, this was developed by Sonic Team and published by Sega. Released on the GameCube in North America, September 2003. And in Japan in the EU in October 2003. And for Australia, it just says 2003. Eventually it came out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now this is definitely a strange game. The plot involves Morningland, a land populated by chickens being invaded by an army of crows and the elder chickens who crow for the sun... Because the sun needs them to crow in order to rise, similar to Ro- similar to the movie Rockadoodle, if anybody's watched that. Nope. And the elders have been captured and sealed into golden eggs in order to bring about eternal nighttime. We then see our main character, Billy Hatcher, running out the door of this house to meet with his friends, but then a baby chick comes running out of the woods chased by a crow, and Billy whacks it away with a branch. This apparently demonstrates great courage, so Willie gets or Billy gets warped to Morningland and is given the legendary <laughs> chicken suit. <laughs> three words, Damn right. ne- three words <laughs> I never thought would ever go together, <laughs> and that will allow him to unseal the chicken elders and bring Morning back to Morningland. Everything you said just sounds like the weirdest acid trip anyone's ever taken. Exactly. It's very strange, <laughs> and it fits with the theme. Yeah. You're not wrong. <laughs> now you can you can definitely tell this was a Sonic Team game because the character oh, yeah. designs look so much like reg- Sonic Adventure characters. It's like the skinny, skinny arms and legs, the really big hands and feet, the big eyes, and much like Sonic himself, Billy can't swim. <laughs> And then I found out it was made using the Sonic Adventure 2 engine, so that explains it. Well, it was kind of like an upgrade of it. Ah, yeah. They kind of improved upon that same engine. That's true. And pretty much everything you do in the game involves you rolling eggs around. You attack by kicking eggs at enemies, and if they hit nothing, they roll right back towards you. Doing ground pounds with them, (laughs) or just just plain rolling over them. (laughs) Over enemies. Mm Mm-hmm. And to get around using ter- certain types of hoops, you need to be rolling an egg and jump into it. Like, you can jump into a, a bouncy hoop. Basically, bounce up and down, hit jump, and go even higher. Or if you're, you go into some blue hoops, it kind of zips you around, similar to all the, the bouncing platforms in the 3D Sonic games. And... You can also roll eggs over fruits in order to fill its gauge in the bottom right corner of the screen. And once the gauge is full, you can hatch it by crowing like a rooster. Yes, really. <laughs> what the yeah, just like kind of the, tr- the chow. It rem- reminded me of the chow system in the Sonic Adventure games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I remember raging a few times in the pirate level when you need to roll the golden egg over some fruits <laughs> to hatch it. <laughs> I wound up eating... I wound up either accidentally letting it roll into the water, which kills you, or getting it, getting it hit by a big enemy, or just falling into the water as a result of the camera being so finicky. The ca- the camera was definitely the weakest part of the game. Absolutely. That For was, sure. That was my biggest problem. Just so just zipped around so much. It's so hard to control. 
It reminded me of Super Monkey Ball in that aspect. I believe right. Sonic Team made Super Monkey Ball. Did, I was didn't just going to say that. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah, it, like the whole movement mechanic was very similar to that to me. And uh, uh, the director, uh, Yuji Naka, uh, the guy of Sonic Adventure, um, I tried to find more articles on it. Uh, he called he called this game an evolution of Sonic Adventure Two and its engine. <laughs> oh yeah, weird flex. But they didn't want to. But they didn't want They didn't want to use the, uh, Sonic and create another Sonic game. They wanted to get very unique with it. And uh, boy, did they! <laughs> 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 Unfortunately for them, the game was a commercial bomb. It only sold two hundred and fifty thousand copies worldwide. Oh wow! And the team loved making this game. And its mechanics and how unique it was, but it just didn't sell. Uh, so they just couldn't make a sequel, and they really wanted to. Just very, very saddening because I had a blast playing this game, especially after quite a few of these were very, um, very difficult or frustrating, challenging. This one, yes, it had its challenges, but that was mostly towards more of the camera aspect uh, yeah. than anything else. Uh, I was just sit back, relax kind of deal. I loved um, what's that game? Uh, cop. What's the game where you like roll the the ball around and collect things in rooms and shit? Katamari and Damacy. Gets bigger and bigger. Katamari. Katamari. Oh. It yeah, reminded me a lot me. of Katamari with the whole you roll the egg around. Yeah, uh, I see that. But it had more difficulty because you couldn't get the egg damaged. But. <laughs> The, the egg can damage enemies, which is yeah. kind of counterintuitive, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it gets it gets a little annoying when you're when you want to go backwards. It's like when you hit the backwards direction of where you're going with the joystick mm-hmm. while rolling, you skid to a stop and then he lets go of the egg, which can be a real pain when you're trying to get the egg somewhere. So you have to move back towards the egg and get Billy to latch onto it again. I feel like yeah, you, know, yeah. you had to actually kind of arc, arc the sick to make it really work instead of just pulling on it, you know? It had a decent grasp of the physics on how an egg would work. Yeah. And the fact you get egg. different eggs and different sizes and whatnot, it it worked. Ah, yeah. It was, yeah. It, it's it's such a it's, it's a, it's it's a good example of what the GameCube kind of was, you know? Yeah. Well, the GameCube with a lot of his exclusives were just weird. They were thinking outside the box. Even that whole generation, like the Dreamcast, was like that too. Yeah. Once you take once you take away all the like two D fighters that, that it had, it was just yeah. a lot of strange, unique games. Yeah, like Super Magnetic Neo. We covered that on a previous cast. Oh God, that's a weird one too. Yeah. <laughs> made by I think that was made by the Crash Bandicoot people, wasn't it? Naughty Dog. Well, it certainly plays a lot like it. I think so. No, I think it was just a camera aspect. That's that's what I'm thinking of. I don't think it was made by Naughty Dog. Anyways, um, I just had a blast playing this. It was very rela- uh, very chill and relaxing comparative to a lot of the. I didn't have any. I didn't have to think about a lot of puzzles. Um, it was a good palate cleanser. I'm very glad I played this last. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I played it second. I played Oddworld last. <laughs> Well, I went back and, and tried to beat Bonk, didn't happen, and then I tried to get a little further in Oddworld and uh, got kind of stuck uh, near the near near the 
over the halfway point. So, um, Billy Hatcher is definitely something I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up probably this afternoon here and keep playing. Right. It was just it was it was it it met my expectations, which was very very surprising. I thought it was just gonna be kind of like Kevin you playing Psychonauts. You're just like ah, it's okay. Yeah, it just you know second half got weird. It's above average for me, for sure. Oh, Billy Hatcher is fun. I can agree. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it's a great game by any means, but I think it. I think if you own a GameCube, it's definitely worth getting. I mean, it, it only goes yeah. for twenty bucks. It's only a GameCube, considering. Right? Yes, it's a, uh, yeah, it's yeah. a game GameCube exclusive. Yeah, it's yeah, worth. Yeah, I mean, GameCube doesn't have a. They have a bunch of exclusives, but like none that are quality. Not none, but most of them are kind of just weird. This one's weird and quality, luckily. Hmm. At least in my what own. did you think of the whole egg mechanic, Kevin? Because that's what you, this whole game is based off of. You rolling this egg around and, yeah. and going through hoops and shit. <laughs> so you said Katamari. I actually thought more of Glover. If you remember Glover, that's a bad game, by the way. Or like you're, you I cut think. you cut out when you said what game it was. Nice Glover. Okay. Oh, Wait, yeah. yeah, that that yeah, you did mention that earlier. That is super yeah. fucking weird. Yeah, I'm surprised yeah. we didn't pick Glover. Ah, there's there's only I, I don't want to play that again. <laughs> it's a bad game. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Billy Hatcher was fun. I didn't get like super, super deep into it just because time is a limited resource in this world. Mm-hmm. But I, I would continue it. So pass for me. Yay. Yeah, I like it Yay in small doses. Me. I'd probably like it more if the camera and controls weren't as finicky, but I still like it. I give it a pass. I wonder, I wonder what reviews had to say about Billy Hatcher. I'm just going to pull up the Wikipedia here. Right quick. Go to Metacritic. Go to Metacritic. I want to hear people say it. This game gets a zero because I'm trying to balance out the average. Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg Metacritic. Because this was the one that definitely stood out for... I mean, it's it's also the most recent out of the games we chose. Uh, I wonder what people had to say. It has a 71 on Metacritic, but an 8.6 user score. That sounds about <laughs> right for weird, weird games. People that actually take yeah. the time to go review them. Yeah. Let's yeah. see here. Um, games are classic, you fucking idiots. Edge Magazine. It's impossible not to feel disappointed with a title that, to judge by its opening, ought to have competed on an even footing with Mario Sunshine. Ooh, Whoa. Hold on there. Instead, it's an uneasy compromise between the splendor of early levels and the inadequacy of later missions. Huh. Yeah. It's not Mario Sunshine. Fuck this game, basically. That's what I got. Uh, it, sounds like, it sounds like Nintendo Power wrote that. Uh, no, it was Edge Magazine. I know what I said. Uh, here, this one gave it a 60. Uh, from NTSC UK. Uh, charming, that's certainly... It's charming. That certainly covers it. Um... One damned charming game from start to finish. It's not perfect, it's not flashy, but it's a real adventure of discovery, and there are plenty of extras to keep everyone happy. That sounded better than the Edge Magazine review, and that gave it 10 points lower. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, see, that's the thing okay. that's weird with reviews. I always say, like, watching streams or something is, like, you get people's real reactions as opposed to, like, a review, and then, like, people feel like they have to rate things a certain way. Yeah. So, if, like, you really don't get a game until you you play it or at least watch somebody playing it live, you know? So let's see here. User scores. Uh, none of these are very, they're all given at tens and nines. I want like an eight user score. Let me see if I can find one here. 
Do, 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 do. Seven. <laughs> Here's one seven. Good eggy fun. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's it. Best review. That's funny. Uh, Did I offer you an egg in here's this an eight. trying time? I found one. Here's an eight. User review. It's a very enjoyable platformer and a unique gameplay structure, which makes the game stand out with likable characters and a decent plot. My only problem with the game is a few minor cheap deaths and running with Billy overall. Overall, this game definitely should be played by anyone who has a GameCube. Well, there we go. Yeah. That's like kind that. of our thoughts on it. Pretty much. Hooray. Well, okay then. Um, yeah, Glover. Wow, that's a that is a game we totally missed out on this cast. No, we we didn't miss out anything. <laughs> it's fine. I have a vague memory of that game. I have the memory of, of level one, and they gave you a crystal ball that you could break, and if you broke the ball, you died anyway. So I was like, well, why? What's the point of this? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so to go over our six games we chose for The Strange and the Weird, Oddworld Abe Odyssey, Bonk's Adventure, Kabuki Quantum Fighter, Maui Mallard in Cold Shadow, Hell yeah. uh, Grim Fandango, and Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg. <laughs> Colin, favorite and least favorite? I'm probably going to say Oddworld Abe's Odyssey. Although, hey, my pick. Yay. <laughs> although Grim Fandango is a close second. Yeah, this this is the one I I wanted to play the most, more of the most. It's like I I also want to play more of Grim Fandango, but Oddworld is just more addicting, more appealing to me overall. Even if it's the more inferior odd, <laughs> even if it's the inferior version, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one, and I really want to play more of it. It's just got exactly the right challenge. I'm. I'm looking for in a puzzle platformer. Now, for least favorite, it's hard to say. I mean, I don't consider many. I don't consider any of these games overall bad. But if I had to pick one, probably Cold Shadow. It's just the one I had the most problems with. Hmm. Kevin, hello. Favorite and least favorite. Favorite Cold Shadow. Love it. I don't care what you guys say. Suck my dick. <laughs> Least oh, favorite. Can I pick the point and clicks? You no. have to pick one. Why you gotta be this way? Um, <gasps> one point. There was only one point and click. Oh yeah. Well, Oddworld is weird. You know, fuck it. Grim Fandango then. Boo. The best critically acclaimed list on the. <laughs> <laughs> came on the list and you're like this game is the worst suck <laughs> my dick uh, well it's funny because I'm on the opposite end my favorite was Grim Fandango and my least favorite was Cold Shadow suck <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. uh, uh, although I will say Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg was, was uh, close to Grim Fandango but I think Grim Fandango is the better game so that's that's what gets the edge cool yeah, one of my picks. Yay! Yeah, uh, I, I was hoping to go into it, Oddworld or Bonk, but uh, your two picks, Colin, were slam dunks with me. Awesome. <clears throat> yeah, happy to hear it. Well, alrighty, uh, this was episode thirty-two. Uh, we covered the strange and the weird. Talked to uh, some gaming industry nonsense that we all got mad about. <laughs> uh, and don't forget about our ongoing contest through the month of November. 
I will mention it again. Yes, it is the third time, but I got to do it for anyone who uh, listened to the end and you haven't done it yet. Go on to iTunes and Stitcher, leave us a review, take a screenshot of the review, send it to at BowlingJD. You'll be entered into the contest both times if you review on both sites. Uh, subscribe on YouTube, take a screenshot of that, send it to me again, RedleyFretricast at BowlingJD. And follow us on Podbean. We'll get more, at, we'll get more active uh, people on Podbean, and uh, you'll be entered in the contest. And the winner of the contest will get to choose a retro theme in two games. Uh, or, if they're an anime fan, you can choose an anime for us to review. Remember, it has to be at least 15 years old. Or if you're a wrestling fan, pick a retired wrestler for us to do a spotlight over. And uh, you will get all the shout-outs that you want and need uh, if you're a YouTuber or just want uh, to say whatever you want for the cast. So, uh, barring, you know, PC-type stuff. <laughs> cool. Tight. Yeah. Alrighty. Thank you all for joining us. And, um, I, uh, yeah, we have our next uh, next topic since um, the holiday season's coming up, uh, being it's Black Friday uh and the Christmas season kicks off. So, Kevin, you have our next theme pick. What is Hell it? Hell yeah, I do. It's games you got for Christmas. So, there's no games real... Games you got for Christmas. Very, very cool stuff. So, um, n- oh, nothing yeah. necessarily like, you know, no shooters, no racers. It's not, not limiting as long as you got it for Christmas once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I think I titled this as Xmas Presents as a Kid. Yeah. Cool. I got, can I, ooh, no, I don't want to say mine yet. I'll say it off air. Um, we, we're going to have some, some fun games there. It's not limited. It's, it's going to be cool. That will, I'm not sure if that's going to be our last cast before the end of the year, but it's a good chance it might be. We might make it just in time. Fair enough. We might, yeah, we might make another one in, uh, just one in December. So. Word. Uh, yeah, uh, great cast today. Thank you all for joining us. Don't forget about the contest. Subscribe wherever. Um, and hit us up on social media. Uh, use the hashtag RedleyFretroCast. And um, we'll, see you in the, we'll see you guys in the next one. Yeah. Later.